Hello and welcome to Miss Checkpoints, the video game book club podcast. Today we're starting a discussion on Ninja Gaiden Black. I'm your host Marcus and joining me today as always are the homies. First off we have Trevor. What's going on? Next we got Greg. What up? And last but not least we have the homie Dante. You guys are in for a really good episode. (laughs) Speaking of episodes, this is your game so I will defer to you so you can introduce it. Introduce what? This um, fantastic with you, piece of uh, media that we are uh, experiencing. All right. So um, the game we're going over this week is Ninja Gaiden Black. It's developed by Team Ninja. The project was led by Tamon, Tamanobu Itagaki, um, who's since left the company, but he has formed his own video game studio. Bahala Games. Team Ninja is known for the Dead or Alive series first and foremost. Um, also Ninja Gaiden, Neo, their newer series, and also the infamous Metroid Other M. So a little bit of background on the game. Originally Ninja Gaiden was a NES game and there's actually a trilogy on the Nintendo Entertainment System. And in 2004 we got the reboot which um, was pretty much a prequel to the NES games, came out on the original Xbox. The development cycle lasted five years for the game, and it kind of had a um, pretty long legacy. Originally, it was planned as a Dreamcast game. At some point, it was planned to move to the PS2, but Itagaki saw so much potential in the power of the Xbox that he pretty much demanded that it ended up there. The game was targeted for Western audiences. He wanted the game to be very violent, and he also wanted it to be hard but alluring. One of the interesting quotes that I found about it was he said he wanted something that challenges reflexes rather than memorization and timing. And um, another quote I found, this is by Eric Williams, the designer of God of War's combat engine. He explained that Ninja Gaiden prohibits players from stopping or changing attacks in mid-stroke. In contrast, God of War allows for players to do so, and also Devil May Cry allows that freedom in certain attacks. Williams says that compared to those two games, the combat system in Ninja Gaiden was harder to master. However, it lets players fight their computer-controlled foes on equal terms. So, as I said, the original Ninja Gaiden reboot came out in March 04, but um, it had one of the first instances of DLC in the industry. So it came out with what was known as the Hurricane Packs, and they were both free. Um, Hurricane Pack 1 introduces AI tweaks, new camera option, lots of new enemies, and it also had an intercept mechanic, which else, which actually isn't featured in Ninja Gaiden Black. Hurricane Pack 2, it added a lot of enemies and a couple new bosses. One of the biggest... Um, accomplishments of the Ninja Gaiden reboot was the um, Master Ninja tournament they held. And essentially it was one of the biggest tournaments for just like a standard single player game, which um, pretty much if you had Xbox, you'd go through the game, try to get as much karma as possible. And I think if you were in the top 16 or so, I really don't know the number, you were pretty much entered into this like live tournament. So I thought that was really cool. Eventually, um, Ninja Gaiden Black got released September 05, 
pretty much right before the Xbox 360 got released. And it could be seen as what we know as um, a Game of the Year edition, more or less. After that, Ninja Gaiden Sigma came out um, for the PS3 in June 2007. And that was a very interesting um, interesting thing that a lot of people didn't see coming. Because Itagaki was very adamant about this game being Xbox only. If I recall, he talked a lot of trash about the PlayStation back then. Inevitably, um, Ninja Gaiden got sequels, Ninja Gaiden 2, which was pretty well received, and Ninja Gaiden 3, which um, wasn't re- well received. And Ninja Gaiden Black has over a 94 rating on Metacritic, making it the second highest rated original Xbox game ever of all time, and the hmm. 58th highest rated game of all time, which... I don't think any other game is even close to the top 100 from what we played. I'm I'm just dropping that fact. Going to let people stew on that for a couple seconds. And for our playthrough um, on this episode, we've played through Chapter 9. So going into the story, the story takes place before the original Ninja Gaiden on the NES and also takes place before Dead or Alive. Um... Ryu Hayabusa is entrusted with the Dragon Sword while his father, Joe Hayabusa, trains in the Sacred Wilderness. And pretty much like the intro cutscene, it kind of introduces the Dragon Sword and the Dark Dragon Blade, both being protected by um, the Hayabusa clan. And pretty much they seem to be yin and yang swords for one another. And right at the beginning of the game, Ryu is given an invitation to train with his uncle Mirai. And that leads us into the events of the game. Okay, uh, thank you for oh, that. I see some stuff happened in the chat while I was gone. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that introduction. Um, I guess before we get going, um, let's do a roundtable. Uh, has anybody not played Ninja Gaiden before? I'll start. I've never played Ninja Gaiden before. Didn't know what I was getting into. What a rhetorical question. <laughs> <laughs> has, so, has, it, has anybody else never played a Ninja Gaiden before? I have never played a Ninja Gaiden game before. Oh, so there's two of us. Uh, hey, was this anybody's first Ninja Gaiden? <laughs> huh. Greg, was this your first Ninja Gaiden game ever? Nope. What did you play huh. before this? Well, aside from Ninja Gaiden. Ninja yeah. Gaiden. Well, I, so I beat Ninja Gaiden when it first came out, and then I beat black i actually played black twice so i guess it's like my fourth time actually playing this game oh yeah so yeah we played the actual like lesser version of this game yeah lesser meaning like black over because black over the black original? is the definitive edition yeah basically but I, like you didn't you say- get lunar in the original um there was balance tweaks made to a lot of the enemies okay Black made it a little bit harder in a couple situations. I, I did a little bit of research, and I saw that Black was the better version of this versus Sigma, because I heard there were a lot of frame rate issues with Sigma in comparison. Yeah, the Sigma games are... I've never actually played one, but from what I've read, they've done a lot of weird things, like some areas just don't have as many enemies, and I forget all the stuff they did, but... Sigma and Sigma 2 are considered, like, not as good as their counterparts. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so, uh, I guess the other thing, then, too, like, how would you describe this 
game? Like, what is the genre of this game? It's like a, it's a adventure. Is it action oh, game? Is... It's um, a masterpiece. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I guess we we played a couple of masterpieces. Also, um, it is an action game, <laughs> like a, akin to like the Devil, Devil May, May Cry. Cry series on Animushu, and is there other but Bayonetta? Yeah. Technically, I guess there's subgenres. There's the Greg might be able to help me. The Mosuu genre, where it's like Animusha kind of falls into that, where there's just a ton of enemies on screen, and you're just kind of I don't say button mashing, but it's not you know you're just killing like a hundred enemies. It's not challenging. It, it's mostly just keeping a combo going, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, Trevor, let me let me start with you. What, like going into this game. Do you have any background with those types of games? Um, the Devil May Cry's, the Onimushu? No, never played any of them. Okay, so th- this, you were completely, like, fresh. Like, you've never, didn't know what to expect? Yeah, like, the closest thing I can think of, like, that this game, or that I was thinking this game was going to be close to, was probably Metal Gear Rising. That's oh, pretty wow. decent. I mean, that's the closest thing I've played. To oh me. yeah, yeah. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Were you disappointed? <laughs> was it what you wanted it to be? <laughs> I, okay. Did I present my closing argument, Your Honor? I'll I'll say one thing before we get deep into it. I like more things about this game than I dislike. Okay, that's okay. That's that's a good spot. That's a good spot to leave it. Okay. Um, I know for me. Um, I didn't know what to expect besides I knew that this game, even before Dante said, you know, like, you guys need to brace yourselves and all that. Like, I knew this is, this game has a, is known for being a difficult game. Renowned for it. Yeah. So I knew going in that, like, we may leave somebody behind and I assumed it was going to be me or Trevor and like i think so far so good but there's still time um i as far as this genre of game the only one i've played i guess i didn't even think of metal gear but it's metal gear and then i played bayonetta um like a while ago and i was not good at either of those games and it's not necessarily my preferred genre of choice. I guess I don't like masterpiece, the genre. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it I, I will say I have more things that I dislike about this game than I like. But there are things that I do like that um, stand out in comparison to some of the other games we play. So I know a lot of my feelings toward this game are my own personal feelings. And I don't necessarily think that like Dante kind of alluded to, like the perception slash reception of this game speaks for itself. So I'm not here to say that this game that is one of the highest rated Metacritic games of all time, everybody that's played it is wrong. I'm not here to say that. I just personally, for my taste, they're uh, stoop kids. They are stoop kids. Yes. I stand by that. And, uh, <laughs> and, um, it's, it's just not a game that I would prefer to play. How about that? But, you know, not to show my hand too much. Uh, Trevor. 
so I was looking on Giant Bomb at some of the similar games to Ninja Gaiden, and I have played some of these on here. Um, El Shaddai, would y'all say that's similar? I know Greg it's played it. It's very light. It's it's kind of got that enslaved s combat. Okay, and Strider. Such the this is the, the newer one, yeah. But yeah, that one was more, more like a, a Metro. Yeah. 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 Has anybody played any of the DMC series, I guess? I guess that because that's you know, basically kinda of the same thing. I've wanted nope. to, but I haven't. Okay. I I honestly like I have no desire to play after playing Marvel vs. Capcom. He hates like, Dante <laughs> so much. I hate Dante so much. <laughs> and I don't really care for Virgil. Uh, Trish is cool, but uh um yeah, who do you I, hate more of the two? Dante. Really? <laughs> yeah, man. As many salty matches as you've had against Virgil. I mean, but Dante. When he says I two, need more power, and then he just he's takes in two all games, of your help. Man. He's in two games. He's in Marvel Three and Infinite, where Virgil's only in one. So oh. I've had to deal with uh, Dante longer. Just a little bit of background information: Marcus is a um, pretty adamant Marvel versus Capcom player. And um, Dante and Virgil happen to be pretty well used, yeah, prominent <laughs> characters in those scenes. Yeah, um, I guess Wait, uh, one last question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Greg, have you, or I guess, did you play any action games prior to Ninja Gaiden in the modern 3D action game genre? Um. I guess you mean like when Ninja Gaiden. Pretty much, did you play Devil May Cry before this? Oh game yeah, came yeah, out? yeah, yeah. Okay. So I was kind of familiar with uh, that kind of series, or I guess that that uh, genre. I keep going back and forth whether I played Devil May Cry one first or this game first. I think I I played Devil May Cry. I want to say it was like, I think it was like right at release whenever it came out. Because I think I remember like that and Final Fantasy X being out around the same time. That sounds about right. And yeah, Devil May Cry 3 came out in February 2005, so there's no way I played that before Ninja Gaiden like Vanilla. Hmm. So, we want to get into this game now? Yeah. Stop talking around it? Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Let's go. <sighs> Away the Ninja okay. Chapter 1. Okay, so um, this game, I think it opens up, one of the things that I really appreciate is the cutscenes in this game are really good looking. They, they've aged really well, I guess. Uh, the, is it Team Ninja, you said? Yes. Team Ninja, the team that put the time into the cutscenes and the CGI, or yeah, the cutscenes of this game. The specific, the, the type of art style that they used, it doesn't look bad even, what, like, 13 years later? Yeah. Like, they're very sharp, good-looking cutscenes. And if we're being real, Kudos. this is, like, one of the best-looking original Xbox games back in the day? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, don't get me wrong, the, the actual game itself, when you're in there and playing, it also, like, I kind of was a little leery, like, coming into this game thinking, like, oh, like... You're going to see a lot of, like, harsh textures and weird, like, po polygonal, like, 
you, you know when you play some of the older 3D games, not to say that this is, you know, like PS1 era, but like, you know what I mean? They've got a very clean art style to everything. Yeah, yeah. So everything is like smoothed out and it, it looks like an older, like, mod, like, but still like a modern game, if that makes any sense. It doesn't look like the, the low poly Tomb Raider or Lower Cross. Yeah, yeah. Or even like when we played uh, Beyond Good and Evil, this is like what uh, a few years after that, and like just the art style itself like makes this game look drastically more like modern, you know. So I, I that is something that I really did appreciate, um, and I thought it aged really well. Um, I think this this first mission, what you're basically, it's like a almost like a tutorial. In the sense where you're seeing a lot of uh, kunais. Uh, I, actually, let me take that back. You're seeing a couple of kunais uh, in the map that you have to get to. And it kind of tells you how to progress through the level. And so it, it tells you like, oh, you can wall run or you can wall jump or you can... Um, I forgot what it, it taught you about using your, your throwing stars, your ninja stars. Um, do you think... And be honest, everybody, Dante included, do you think that this is a good tutorial? And, like, do you think this prepared you for the game that you were about to uh, jump into? And since you're the only other new person at it, I'll, I'll start with you, Trevor. Are you saying just the very beginning? Like, before you yeah, get to Yeah, just any the combat? very beginning. I mean, I think it's in between combat, because I think you start the game and don't you fight... Uh, or am I, don't you, you fight, fight two ninjas, ninjas like, immediately. Yeah. Pretty much. I think it gives you a very simplified tutorial on combat. As far as running, it does a pretty good job. Like, it's it's kind of thorough enough uh, as far as, like, the free running, being able to um, jump between walls. Um, but combat, it gives you enough information to defeat those two that it gives you. But beyond that, yeah, beyond <laughs> like, that is is just like, you know, you're gonna unlock, um, like combo moves and and other weapons and stuff. But we're not gonna tell you how to use them. Okay, um, and I, I, I like, I know it's it's kind of hard because I Dante and Greg they have more experience in the game, so I feel like they probably skipped a lot of these ninja stars because they are like knowledgeable enough about the game they know what they're getting into but it was a little bit frustrating sometimes where it was like they they i feel like they taught you enough of the basics that like i I don't have the same issue with this game that i have with revengeance where revengeance it was just kind of i felt like it was like here's how you attack here's how you jump here's how you slide here's how you run Good luck. Um, and I feel like this game does a, a better job of, like, making sure that you can you know some of these key things in order to progress. But I don't feel like... I think it, they rely on the player experimenting more in order to figure out a lot of the necessary things in order to survive in this game, if that makes any sense. I think that's the case, but I also think that's by design. 
I and I, I agree. I do think it's by design. Um, so like hearing you do that introduction, you were saying like the they purposely tried to make the game uh, the encounters like pretty much every fu- every fight could be your last kind of like you're not going to like I think every game we've played prior to this game, I've said the term fodder enemy, and I don't think there's there is that in this game. Every encounter you have you run the risk of dying every single encounter. Um, And that is something that I was not, uh, (laughs) that was something that I was not prepared for. I've never, never played a game like this. I think when you meet an enemy and maybe for that entirety of the chapter that you meet the enemy, they're not fodder. But I think as you open up your skill set and you kind of get more comfortable with the enemy, they kind of end up in that lane. So some of the enemies that you were fighting in Chapter 1, if you ran into them later in the game, they could still potentially really mess you up. But you also have the tools to take them down. And if they drop like health and stuff like that, it's like, well, I might come back here and just fight these guys so I can like get my health back. Is that something... like One of the things I ran into was like, the drops that they dropped, they, they would either drop the essence, which is your currency, or they would drop life. And that wasn't always consistent. It's like they always drop something, but like sometimes I could like be stuck in a, uh, an encounter and I, you know, play it five, six, seven, eight, however many times. And like every three times or every four times I would get life. It seemed like I was getting essence more often. Is there any like, rhyme or reason to that i feel like i i go ahead oh uh, no i was i was gonna say i feel like it's based on how little life you have left because i feel like if you're under around 25 percent or less you're more likely to get health from a from a enemy than than essence but i don't know if there's like an actual like i think it's a table like there are definitely some enemies that drop it more than the others when you're fighting the white ninjas which we will get to pretty soon um, I noticed more so than like the previous time I've played this game, they drop a ton of blue health or blue essence. And like when we fight the Hydrocubus, which we'll talk about later, every time you take off his tentacles, I think those have about an, I'd like to say about an 80% chance of dropping health. I actually never saw that thing drop anything but health. So, I mean, it may be just where my life bar was at in comparison to yours as well. Um, but, yeah, that that was something that I noticed. And, like, uh, this is another thing that I did like that. I did like that the, the enemies could kill you. And, like, what you said, just, uh, Dante, makes a lot of sense where it's like, you know, you're going to fight these enemies for the first time in Chapter 1, and you may not see them again in the next chapter or maybe even the 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 next chapter, but if you do run into them again, they do, in a sense, do become fodder, I guess, because, like, you, in theory, have learned their pattern, because, like, uh, each chapter, it seems like, introduces a handful of enemies, and you fight mostly those enemies um, in that specific chapter, and if they do pop up later on, in theory, you fought them enough times that you have learned their patterns and their fighting style. So that way you know the counters and when you need to block and when you can attack and just how to fight them, I guess. 
uh, for the most part. There, I, I think Spider Trevor ninjas. could probably, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Trevor could probably attest that some of them, uh, not <laughs> that is not necessarily the case for Spider Ninjas have no honor, <laughs> no honor whatsoever. Like, are, are they the only enemies that you've encountered so far? Well, I guess we have at the point we're at where we haven't encountered them, but. It seems like most enemies will attack you one at a time, and then occasionally you'll have one that uses a ranged weapon or, or shoots you from a distance. But these guys will will fight you at once. Are are those the only enemies that do that? I think nah. I mean, the I think regular ninjas do it occasionally. I was gonna say the uh, the mages. I've definitely got comboed by more than just spider ninjas where like I get hit by one then get hit by another to keep a combo going. But I do think they're like by far the most aggressive. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's, let's kind of progress a little bit through the story and we can hit on some of these gameplay things too. Um, so I don't really, I don't really remember specifics about these chapters, minus, like, the enemies and, like, I guess uh, Dante kind of outlined, like, the plot of each chapter. So this first chapter, you are, like, in addition to it being, like, the tutorial and try to teach you what to do, um, you your end goal is to get some training, I believe. Uh, what's up, Greg? Uh, well, since we're still on chapter one, I don't know, I guess we're going to get to this eventually, but I had a, a question about, I guess you and Mark or you, uh, Mark and Trevor, um, did you guys have any issues on the first boss? Because back when, uh, I first played this game, uh, chapter one was notorious for making people quit the game. So yep. I was, uh, just curious how you guys held up on that part. Uh, you can go first, Trevor. I don't remember having any issues, honestly. Okay. I honestly, like, looking back at it, I think I actually watched somebody play this game when it first came out. Uh, my neighbor had this game. Because I was like, these, the, the, I don't know what the Japanese structure is called with the sliding, like, doors and all that, um, that, that building that you're in. But I remember watching somebody do that part and consulting a, a map. And I do remember them fighting some dude, old guy with nunchucks. So when I when I fought the dude, I had like deja vu. Despite like it not being me that played it, I do remember like, man, like when this game maybe first came out or like a little bit after that, I think I saw somebody do this. This looks familiar. Um, but I, I honestly, I was a little bit stuck here. I think I died a couple of times because I. I still didn't, I couldn't figure out when I could and couldn't hit this guy. And it seemed like, um, and th- this was something that I, I've run into and I've, I've seen the error in my ways, I guess you could say. But like, I think there was one point where like you're, you're using your sword against him and you guys do the classic, like lock your weapons against each other. And it's like a, a struggle. And like, I just kept taking massive damage at that part because there was no, and this is me maybe being more accustomed to modern games, but there was no like button prompt to let me know that I should be hitting something right now. So I kept taking massive damage at that, that lockup part. And I was like, what can I do to avoid that? And then I ended up like 
scraping by him uh, one of my like plays, and then I I remember posting in our chat. I'm like, yo, man, like I couldn't figure out what to do. And then I think Dante was the one said you can just mash you know mash X at this part like and Trevor was kind of like I just assume that that's what you're supposed to do, and I, I think it was like just me either one not necessarily being too familiar with the genre, but then also just like being more accustomed to modern games and like getting at least that button prompt on the screen. So it. I I had some issues with him. Not like I was going to quit the game, but I was just like, dang, like, is this what it's going to be like? But I don't even think, like, you're getting what Greg's getting at. People got stuck on that guy for, like, hours at a time. Oh, I, I get it. I get it. Like, I understand because, like, I was could have been one of those people because, like, I did not understand how to do damage on that guy because leading, like, everybody you fought up to that point, well... This is true and not true. So I was going to say, everybody you fought up to that point, like, you could just get by by, like, mashing. So you didn't necessarily have to put any thought or uh, recognize any type of pattern in order to defeat them. Mm. So when you run up against this dude with this massive health bar, it's like, oh, shoot, like, I'll just... It's just going to take a lot longer to, to do damage on him. But then he's, like, one of, like... I mean, he's blocking a lot of stuff, and like that, you didn't really. I think the white ninjas were blocking a little bit, but the the regular ninjas weren't. So it was like um, I could I could see people just going in like thinking it's an Ani Mushu or or whatever. And is it Mushu or Musha? Musha. Ani Musha, and um, just thinking like, oh, I can you know X X Y you know just whatever button combination they can think of. And just slowly ta- uh, chipping away at his health, and this dude is blocking and just, you know, hitting you for a grip of damage, and you're like, "Yo, hold up! Like, what's going on here? Like, everything up to this point, I'm not prepared. For, you know, like, I, I, it was not enough training for to prepare me for this dude. So I can definitely see that. And like in retrospect, like now that I think about it, I think the game kind of does a poor job in preparing you for that. But I th- I'm pretty sure that's. Uh, Itagaki's intention to kind of because it just from I think the interviews that he did around this game he he kind of seems like he just wanted it to be like extra difficult you know and everybody like points out oh this was a predecessor to Dark Souls and I was kind of hesitant to agree with that at first but during this boss fight it made me think this game is so much more defensive and demands the player be so much more defensive than other modern action games like Bayonetta, Devil May Cry. Those games don't even have, like, a actual block button. They have a counter button. They don't have a block button. So a lot of it is learning the patterns of your enemies, learning where their weak point points are, waiting for um, the opening, and then making, like, a couple attacks, getting out of there, and trying it again. That yeah, that was something that I was not uh, used to, I guess you could say, because I I like blocking is you know I, I'm not necessarily mashing or whatever, but like once I fought this dude, I'm like yo, like what the heck? So like I was still in the mindset of not blocking and just trying to roll, and I was I was getting uh, getting bodied by trying to roll out of the situation, and that was not working for me, so. Did you? What about you, Trevor? I, I mean, I know you said you didn't necessarily have the same issues, but um, yeah, I think 
like you said, this chapter you can pretty much button your mash button mash your way through, and I kind of scraped by the first boss. Like I think I beat him on my first try, but it you didn't recognize the right. pattern. You just kind of got yeah. lucky. But I think after that, Dante was the one who kind of told me about you know being able to to recognize which attacks to block. Because I don't think I even got that down until maybe chapter three or four. So I think at this point I was still button mashing. Um, I know I wasn't rolling because I think I was just blocking at that point. The reason why I was rolling was because uh, he was saying like the Itagashi, Itagashi? Itagaki. Itagaki. He made it so you couldn't cancel your combo or your uh, your animation so i'm used to you know maybe batman combat or like um where you can kind of like mid swing you can like cancel what you're doing into something else um and so like i would be swinging on somebody and then hitting the block button to try to block on somebody hitting me from behind i'm taking damage and like that took me the most that was one of the things that was most frustrating in the first like beginning of me playing this game was that I couldn't figure out why I couldn't block and it wasn't until Dante told me he was like yeah you 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 can't like this isn't a modern game you know like you can't do you can't do that you have to well, you know I wouldn't go be, as far as saying it's not ahead. a modern game I think it's just a style of game Dark Souls does the same thing I want to say in Devil May Cry, you're able to cancel like attack animations in the role, but I, I can't remember for sure. But I'm assuming you can because of how he can in Marvel. You can uh, probably both cancel. Well, it's something. more frame based in Devil May Cry. Like certain attacks, you can cancel into other attacks. Yeah. So, so that was something that took me a little bit getting used to these first couple of chapters, where I'm like, I was, I ended up just trying to roll a lot more because. Block. I was like, man, every time I try to block, it doesn't block. And I figured, like, being on the move is better than blocking. Like, me blocking, especially, like, playing this guy, when I found out he had a command grab, and it was just kind of like, so if I block, I can still take damage with the command grab. And I, I so, like, that kind of, fr- not frustrated me, but that got to me a little bit, got in my head a little bit. So it kind of changed up how I was approaching other enemies based off of the boss fight, so... At this point, were you aware that you could, um, I guess, hold L while you're rolling and go directly into a block? Nope. Okay. I didn't know you could do that till now. Yes. Uh... Wow. See, there's a lot of things that are kind of sketchy about your, like, from your post. About you not being able to counter and stuff, and I'm just wondering if you're doing it wrong. See, that goes back to the tutorial, teaching you the the basics. But not <laughs> no, going. And like, get a scroll that. that tells I, I, you exactly how to counter. I think. I think the thing is, is like the the uh, this this is like maybe my biggest one of my major gripes with the game is that I'm new to this particular genre of game, and it it's on me or this podcast, whatever, for this being like the game that we're playing. So me not having the knowledge of playing all these other games to kind of delve deeper into beyond the surface level of what they're telling me that it's possible. So like, it wasn't until like it, I don't recall seeing a kunai that had told me that about the ultimate at all. 
And I don't know if you saw one, Trevor, but it blew my mind when Dante told me that you could do that. Because I was like, I didn't know. And granted, if I would have went into the techniques and scrolled down, I would have seen that, oh, if you hold Y, this happens and this happens. But I had no idea until I scrolled all the way down. Yeah, I didn't see it until I think you get the second one, which is like the Art of Inferno. The one that shoots the blast? No, no, not the Nimpo. Oh. Not the Nimpo. The, the whole oh, thing, the, yeah, the I, I definitely attacks. didn't know anything about that. Yeah, so, like, and that's something that you have access to, like, I guess from the very beginning. But, like, and I guess this is maybe being wanting to be pampered or babied or whatever, which I don't care. Like, fine, you can put that on me. But there is a few things in this game that I was not aware of were even possible until somebody told me because I I would have never figured it out. Like, honestly, like if it wasn't for me posting about playing this game, I would have not hit the halfway point because I was like, I'm playing the game the way I'm playing the game and I'm butting heads into it. And I just figured it was a hard game. So that's why I wasn't making the progress that I wasn't making. But then people were saying, do this, do this and do this. And then, like, it just made the game so much easier, in a sense. And so it's a little frustrating because Dante had a really good introduction of this game, and he said something along the lines that the... the, I think he said that um, Inagaki had purposely tried to make it so um, you're fighting living, breathing, you know, AI or whatever, and then, like... I'm trying to fight this character this way, and then all the information that people are giving me is like, here's how you, you know, trick the the enemy, or here's how you just bypass this whole thing, and like it kind of makes the experience a little bit more, um, I guess, less trivial. No, no, I mean it makes it easier, which I'm not sad about, but it, it doesn't necessarily feel like I'm the one doing the things now. I'm like performing what people have told me to do which i'm it's a weird thing to complain about but like i don't know how you get past this game without flying swallow like i can't i can't imagine how much more time it would take me to play this game without flying swallow and without the azuna drop like i did not know how important those two things are and you definitely can play this game without doing that but i know like me as a player i can't imagine how much time it would like how many more hours I've put in this game if I had just stuck with using the Lunar, which that's, like, my preferred weapon, but it sounds like that's not the way I should play this game. Dude, I'm... So, originally I was a Dragon Sword only type of dude. That was, like, my go-to weapon. But the more I play this game, the more I get into, like, the other just... I don't want to say niche weapons, but, like, the more unique weapons. And Lunar is really, really good. Yeah. The point that, um... The point that I found interesting that you just said, and it kind of brought me to something I wanted to mention earlier. So, in the Hurricane Packs, those DLCs they had for the original Ninja Gaiden, they introduced the Lunar, and they introduced a lot of new enemies. A lot of those new enemies, in fact, I don't think any of the new enemies that they introduce get introduced on normal when you're playing Ninja Gaiden Black. So, if you play Mm -hmm. hard, you have these new enemies... And one of the major complaints people had about Vanilla Ninja Gaiden was how Flying Swallow was pretty overpowered in a lot of situations, at least early game. So they introduce a lot of enemies that counter that specific move. 
and they also have um, this is something I learned by streaming the game and um, having some speedrunners in the chat. They said some of the enemy AI they actually detect when you land your Izuna drop and they can go directly into a throw. So there's a lot of stuff they did to balance this game over the course of Hurricane Pack 1 and Hurricane Pack 2 that you don't see unless you play on harder above. Which I thought was really interesting. So it's almost like a balance patch like in-game. like they, they had the regular version, then they saw a lot of people, I guess, gave feedback, and then they updated it with the black version to kind of... Yeah, it's a lot of interesting stuff. Like, a lot of AI was modified... I think they did a couple damage tweaks on certain certain weapons. One weapon we haven't got to. In the original, it would drain your health. And I didn't know this um, until somebody told me during one of my streams. But in black, they patched it so it doesn't drain your health. So that was a weapon I would have never used. And now I'm like, well, this is pretty cool. Because you thought it drained your health? No, or? like in the original, it did drain your health. When they so So why wouldn't you have used it? Because health is such a vital thing in this game. Yeah. Oh, what I'm saying, I thought you said in black it doesn't. Yeah, in black it doesn't, and I didn't know that until the streamer told me, or the person in the Oh, so you thought it still drained yeah. your health. I just oh, instantly gotcha, assumed. Gotcha. gotcha. Do, do you kind of get what I'm saying, though? Like, I'm, I'm eternally grateful that people have been helping me out, but it kind of showed me, like, man, like, what was I on thinking that what I could do would work? <laughs> Like, I don't yeah. know if you ran into that. I, I see where you're coming from because it's kind of like with this type of game, you expect there to be multiple paths to success, especially with the amount of weapons and and items that you have at your disposal. And then for people to tell you, "Oh, this is the best way to do it," and it's like you know, infinitely much easier than any other way of doing it. It's kind of just like, well, maybe that's the way they intended you to, to play this game. Like, it's still possible to do it. Like, I'm not saying, like, and I don't necessarily have to do exactly what people are telling me to do or whatever. But, like, I think specifically because we're playing this for a podcast and it's a time yeah. crunch, it makes more sense if I get stuck trying to do things my way to go ahead and do it the way somebody has told me to. Like, if I if time was no object and I was playing this game on my own, I probably, one, I probably wouldn't have posted about it. And so I would still be playing with the Lunar, trying to do things the way I, I want to do it. Um, the one thing I will say is that it has opened me up to switching my weapons more. Uh, because, like, when I see certain enemies now, I'm like, okay, you know, these, in, these type of enemies surround me. So, like, that was why I used the Lunar, because... I was having issues with enemies surrounding me and that has the best or the widest range or the biggest range between the sword and the lunar, the, the bow staff basically. And so that's why I opted for that because I could maybe, I could almost cover like a full 360 around my character and not get hit. Whereas with the sword, it's very like targeted, like you're, you're fighting one enemy. So like I was having issues with the sword against the spider ninjas because those guys just surround you and me hitting one at a time was not, not doing it for me. So, um, and then bosses, like I almost always just go to sword right away just because of how strong flying swallow was. Um, so I think it's kind of it, it's, like a fighting game situation where it's almost like you could think of the sword as Ryu 
and he's like the most versatile, or the sword's the most versatile thing. It's very balanced. It works in most situations. But then, kind of, once you get a certain level of adeptness, the other stuff comes into play, and bosses I would have never thought of using, like, the Lunar for or, like, the Flails for, I now have that option to do that. Gotcha. Is, is that something that you, I don't know, Greg, like, do you, and even you, Dante, do you find yourselves, now that you've played this game for the umpteenth time or whatever, are you experimenting with things that you haven't done before, or are you guys just kind of playing the game the way you always have? Um, For me, I've definitely been trying to use a lot, a lot of the other weapons, like, so when I originally played the game, I used the flails a lot, um, and lunar, um... So for the most part, like I think I stick to Dragon Sword if I'm just trying to like power through something. So like I use that for a, a chunk of the game, but for sure, um, against some of the some of the other enemies, I'll experiment a little bit as far as like only trying to counter and kill with that, or trying to. And, and so the other thing I forgot to talk about: Do you guys know the scoring system in this game? Being able to see, um, bring that up and see like how you're doing as far as. Um, your overall score in the middle of a mission? The karma? Yeah, yeah. I think Dante told us, like, two, <laughs> two three days ago. Okay. <laughs> so, like, so the thing I'm always trying to do is make sure I get, like, the highest score possible every time. The time uh, bonus? Yep. So, trying to experiment just to make sure the, I can uh, do that. Any score-based game I play, like, where, you know, combos and you get a rank at the end, I'm just terrible at. Like, I just... <laughs> I. I always get like the lowest or second lowest rank, so I kind of just was like, I just want to get to the level <laughs> that that would be more impressive to me. I don't care what kind of rank I get. Yeah, I would be experimenting more, and I have actually been probably using more weapons than I'm typically used when I play this game. But one, since we're playing it for a podcast, and time is kind of a thing, and two, I'm trying to get through this game twice. I'm not experimenting as much as I would or as I'd like to. So I've been using the Lunar a lot more than I used to. been using the Flails, and I've always been a fan of them. But just to get those time bonuses and stuff, I've been using the Dragon Sword. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, I guess we can move forward a little bit in the story. Uh, chapter 2, I think um, it starts off with, like, I think you, the character Ryu sees his village's on fire or whatever, or he's informed by Ayane, the the female ninja that's been throwing the kunais. Um, and uh, he gets to his village and, like, he sees some of his fellow, is it Hayabusa? Hayabusa clan or Hayabusa ninjas are dead or injured. And uh, so he ends up fighting a bunch of dudes that that were the cause of this. So he fights uh, some new enemy types like the samurais, which that's, I think... They are like the first enemy that re- like that's introduced that does um, play more defensive and blocks your attacks. Uh, then they have these mages, which are these guys that can teleport and shoot fireballs at you. And then they have uh, horsemen um, that have uh, uh, spears. And um, I think they, the the bow, your uh, a ranged weapon that you can use besides your um, uh, besides your ninja stars are introduced, as well as the Lunar, which is the, the bow staff that we've uh, seemed to all like. And um, 
this kind of maybe this is this was that first wake up call keeps, where I started seeing like Facebook posts. Yes, but but beyond that too, not not even talking about the level. This uh, made me realize a thing, and I keep using this term "modern game," and I'm not trying to use it as a pejorative. So I'm going to try to uh, say something different or try to not use the term as much. But one of the things I noticed, um, and this is where it becomes apparent, is there's not a button or a something you can do to swap weapons on the fly. And this is when I realized you had to pause and go through the menu. And I think that, uh, I just said I'm not going to use the term that often, but I think that is one of the, I think, downsides of this game now playing it in 2018. I think that that, like, they obviously they were working within the confines of what they could in 2005, but I think if they if they were to remaster this game, that would be something that I would want them to change. I actually had that exact same thought. Like, yeah. Like, maybe even, like, map it to the D-pad. That's, yeah. Like, you That's know, up is... what they do in Ninja Gaiden 2. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, cool. So, like, it, I, it didn't come into play for me in this particular level because, like, once I picked up Lunar, I was using that all the time, and... I was stuck on the horseman until Dante told me, like, oh, yeah, use your bow, which I hadn't swapped to because I had just picked it up. And, um, which is stupid of me because obviously when you pick up a new weapon, obviously you should be, that's going to come into play, uh, in, in video games, right? <laughs> um, so, uh, that simplified that fight. But that was something that I ran into later on in this game where it was like, man, like I've been using the sword and the um, the lunar a lot more recently. And like I have to pause and go through the menu in order to switch. And it kind of briefly takes you out of the action, which is it's not as bad since you're not playing like a high octane offensive style game or, you know, a combo heavy uh, game. Uh, you are a lot more defensive, like you know, blocking and rolling and trying to avoid taking damage. So it's a little bit like at least pausing is not like fully taking you out of that, but that would have been something I'd like to see them improve or fix if they were to ever rematch this game. Uh, Trevor, what's up? Yeah, I was just going to echo that same sentiment, like having to deal with going into the menu. Cause I think I remember Dante. To even yeah, heal. <laughs> yeah. I think I remember Dante telling me to use the bows on the, the horsemen. And like it, it just wasn't happening. And and the other thing going along with what you would change about this game, the other thing I would change is the bow. Like for some reason, I just I could never get the hang of switching between aiming and quick firing, and I still haven't figured it out. You're gonna need that for the rest of your chapter you're on. Yeah, I mean, he knows. I have the same exact issue, so, and I gotta I, ask Greg: Did do you have problems aiming the bow? Um, it's not super precise, like for sure. It's it's a little, like later on, yeah, you do have to get used to like finessing it a little bit. But it's there's definitely times where I was trying to aim it, and like I'm thinking I'm on point with it, but it's just off. And then you try and like move it a little bit, and then it's too much. And then you try and like keep trying to find adjustment, but yeah, I think that was like the only issue I had with it. That's fair. Like specifically the last quote unquote boss fight we'll talk about, you have to 
aim the bow quite a bit. And I that whole last level, I never, I'd miss the first shot on something, but then I wouldn't miss any shot after that. So I felt I, like I just find it really interesting. Yeah, you always have to use that first shot as a guide. Yeah, like, it's definitely like a barometer. For like the auto targeting for most of the bosses that you needed against, I felt like that was pretty good for the most part. I mean, I guess it's a little wonky against the horse. Well, I, well, my issue, <laughs> my issue was trying to get it to quick fire. Huh? So, like, when I first got the bow, I think me and Trevor probably ran into the same issue where I was trying to quick fire, but I kept going into first person. And then I'm just, like, stuck there, uh, like, wait, what yeah, the heck yeah, is going yeah. on? And, like, not knowing how to get out of it and then taking damage. And then when I figured out how to quick fire, I was trying to always do that, but I couldn't 100%. Like, I don't necessarily, like, I was telling Trevor, like, this is what I do, and it was not necessarily working for him. And, like, even when I got back into the game, I couldn't 100% always do it that way. I think I remember. Quick fire just standing B? Yeah. Okay, just making sure. Yeah. I think I remember during like the speed run during SGDQ, they were saying that it's kind of it's kind of like glitchy that it doesn't work all the time. The quick fire won't always like go to you know aim at the target that you need it to. Yeah, and I think a part of that, and it's very apparent at least for me in the um, this last mission, chapter nine, which we'll get to. But the and I I don't want to harp on it too much right now. But the auto aim I had issues with it, the quick fire, and then I think part of that had to do with the camera, which I I think we need to um, get a little bit farther before we delve into that. What amazes me though is the shuriken when you throw it has, is really precise. It's so easy, but for some reason the quick fire with the the bow isn't precise. Like it's so I frustrating. I like both. Even the. Go ahead. I was go just ahead. gonna say I think they're different projectiles. So the shuriken well, is pretty much like a guaranteed thing. I'm just saying on like a, a technical level, like the precision of it is more on point. Whereas the bow, I don't I don't know if they intended to do that, but it just seems like it's not right if they were what able I'm to get. What I'm saying is, I think the shuriken are tracking, whereas the bow is. If you aim. And something standing there, we're gonna hit it. But if it moves, we can't guarantee anything. I'm cool with that, but I like the explosive shuriken has more range than the bow. Yeah. Okay, so I was like, uh, did we stop? What happened? The explosive. Like, shuriken. I could the explosive shuriken. I could make that auto lock on or whatever auto aim, um, quick fire that with oh. a way higher. Uh, percentage of hitting my intended target than I could with gotcha. the bow. And I, I could not for the life of me understand that. There was some times where they, they did dodge my like incendiary shuriken, but it wasn't as it doesn't happen as yeah, much yeah. as the bow, I guess. I mean, I'm even I'm just talking about like stationary, ah, stationary targets. Like oh. anytime, anytime I saw a dude like on a turret, I would swap over to incendiary or uh, explosive shurikens, and I could hit them a hundred percent no time. But if I had like if I was low on that, like usually what I try to do is you can hold a, a max of fifteen of all these projectile mm-hmm. items, and if I was under five, I was like I should hold on to these and 
in case I actually really, really need them. So I swap to the bow, and then I would end up like quick firing like two or three arrows and not hitting them. And I'm like, what's going on? Like, what's going on? And it's so frustrating. That's an interesting thing. I didn't. Um, <laughs> and uh, and I wonder if it's just a if maybe it's a balancing decision because the some of the like once you get the strong bow and then you get the other arrows later on in the game maybe they thought that that was going to be too good so they didn't want it to i yeah i have no idea i have no idea but i would just say it was it was very frustrating cuz it was like this thing like just on a cost you know an arrow is 10 essence and i think an explosive shuriken was like 100 so it was like I guess, like, oh, me shooting these three arrows in the grand scheme of things, I'm only losing, like, 30 essence. I'm only using 30 essence. To... But it was just, like, very frustrating where it was, like, I got this thing because I wanted to, you know, use it, and it's not working as it should. I was going to ask Greg, you've played Ninja Gaiden 2, right? Yeah. Did you think you could charge the bow in this game? Like, did you think you could UT the bow? Um... Because I sure did, because... That's something they added. In yeah, the yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. I, so <laughs> that, it didn't even occur to me to even like try that in this game or think about it. But yeah, I, I forgot that was a thing in uh in Ninja Gaiden too. Yeah, that was just a funny aside. All right. So um, yeah, so this chapter two, you get the lunar and you get the bow and you get to fight Masakado, which is a. I guess he's a, like a samurai on a horse and. Um, uh, he his goons are these the, the mage enemies that you fought that can teleport and throw fireballs and you fight these guys on a on a rectangular like a bridge it's like basically you're on a bridge and the gates on either side are closed um, and this was the this boss gave me issues so I ended up uh, um, there was a save point right before this boss so you could just hop back in after you died. And I think I ended up, like, stepping away from the game for a day and coming back and I think finishing it on the next day because I was getting very frustrated um, with this this boss. And I think a lot of it had to do with the, the... I feel like... So you fight... You, you, when you're fighting this guy, you're fighting th- this boss that has this massive uh, life bar who's basically charging at you. And then on the, uh, you know, around the in the environment, there are these two mages that are throwing fireballs that they charge up at you. And if you get hit by them, you get knocked down, and it's a whole deal. Like it, it, you just don't want to. You don't want to get hit by these fireballs. And I think this may have been the first mission or the first boss where I realized. This camera is going to be the literal death yes. of me because because there is like I I don't know if this boss the camera was indep- like tracked your movement or it kind of always made sure to keep the did you remember Trevor if it tracked your movement or did it keep the the boss on screen at all times like the focal um, point boss was definitely not on screen at all times no yeah. Okay, and I think part of that too is so, like when you're fighting those two horses. That was when I realized this camera was trash. It was like before you get to like oh, yeah. the boss fight because you fight those two guys on the horses, and so it's like uh-huh. they're circling around you. So you're trying to keep them in front of you, or at least in most games, that's what I'm used to is trying to keep your enemy in front of you. But 
having to use right trigger instead of the left stick or the right stick in order to to move the camera is just kind of counterintuitive. Can you can you explain like what the two di- the differences between the between two between using the right trigger and the this so when yeah yeah so why are you opting to use the right trigger over so, the right stick? I think that most games have something like the right trigger where once you hit it it automatically um you know goes to a position the camera automatically goes to a position like behind you whereas C- right. centering your character whereas like... this game that is your only option but most games also have the option to use the the right stick which allows you to have free control of the camera and the other thing it's still centered around your character yeah so your character is still centered, but it, it, it you can rotate the camera around your character or above or below a little bit. But this game doesn't have that. And even when you use right trigger, right trigger, I like to actually see a little bit above the character, especially like if I'm trying to jump on the platforms, so I know exactly where the platform is. But this actually moves the camera angle to where it's almost eye level, like it's parallel with the ground. And that's just not it's like the worst angle. Yeah, for that's that's not my preferred way to play any third-person games. I wish there was a way you could lock the camera onto the character in some situations. My issue that I had um, was the right trigger. Or I'm sorry, the right stick didn't rotate quick enough, so your your character could move faster than the camera tracked. So, like, when you were trying to rotate the camera to keep, like, these two horsemen on the screen with you, it's kind of like you have to, like, either move your character the same way that the horse, the the, the, the enemies are moving uh, in order to keep up because there's no way that the camera was going to be able to keep up with you. Um, the camera, the right stick is useful a little bit if you... Um, are going around corners, but it also is a nuisance in, in that sense too, because whenever you're in a tight, um, a tight corridor or a hallway when you're fighting, you almost like you you cannot use the right stick because it moves so slow. The camera moves so slow with the right stick that you a hundred percent have to use the right trigger in order to center the camera. And the issue that I have is like in these tight, uh, tighter corridors. Like, it's going to center it behind your character, but if you're not necessarily looking down the hallway, you still could potentially not see everybody that you're, you know, on screen. So, like, it's it's just kind of like a crapshoot. So there are many times, like, not necessarily in this level, um, but there are many times where you basically run around a corner with no line of sight. So you just assume you're going to get jumped. Or even, like, when you walk into a room... The camera pans it so it it shows you opening the door and then you're seeing it, basically you're seeing your character enter into the room and then I had to quickly like, just I held block immediately and hit right trigger in order to recenter the camera behind me. Like like some of the camera angles they give you in this game just blow my mind like, I'm not saying they weren't purposely done or like, I I, I wonder if this was a way for them to like, 
make it more challenging or whatever. Or, like, just playing with the camera angles because that wasn't necessarily, like, something. I don't know. Like, maybe that's not something games focused on back then. I I have no idea. But it's very frustrating. And specifically with this boss, centering these two mage enemies while also trying to keep track of this horseman that is way off in the distance or, like, rushing you, it it was a... Sometimes it could it was a tall order, and like this chapter kind of forces you to learn how to deal with these cameras like for good or for bad. Do you guys uh have anything with the camera i like it was I think it's something that me and Trevor are still dealing with um but I know Dante doesn't necessarily have the same issues that we have i don't, I didn't really have a big so, issue with the camera. Like, as far as a lot of the combat in the early part of the game, once you have to start doing platforming, it's a bit annoying then. Um, But, like, in general during combat, it's not great, but I didn't, I don't know, I didn't find myself taking, like, a lot of unnecessary damage or, like, having, like, you know, really, like, kind of cheap deaths, I felt like, because of the camera. It was only when you had to actually, like, do platforming when it was like okay this is kind of kind of annoying yeah when whenever there's platforming um and we'll get into some of those sequence that's when i no normally have complaints with the camera as far as combat scenarios go like specifically with the one that we're talking about right now the chapter two boss there is a balance to it where part of me thinks they designed it so you have to kind of micromanage that fight so essentially the boss he literally goes one direction his horse does this thing turns around goes the other direction turns around goes back the other direction so i think what they wanted you to do was to just always kind of keep that in mind okay he's off screen i know he's going to come back to me will i be ready for him when he comes back to me and act accordingly um there was one other thing i wanted as far as it being modern or not, it definitely doesn't fit within the um, confines of an Assassin's Creed, Batman, even a Bayonetta. But I really just don't think the right stick would work for this game. Or, um, yeah, the right stick. I don't think the right stick would work for this game if those games were as intense and as aggressive as this one is. So... For the genre, or at least for the game they they were making, I think they had to do the right trigger solution. Just because if you had, like, a Batman Arkham Asylum or an Assassin's Creed, where it wasn't just, like, these one-on-one bar fights that you're constantly participating in, then I think you'd see the um, difficulty of just relying on the right stick in those games as well. I, 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 I think my change for that would literally just to be to make the camera um with the right stick move two to three times faster i think that would like resolve some of my tracking issues where i could make sure i can keep the enemies that are moving on screen and i could like quickly flip the camera because a lot of time you don't think that would take your using the the combat like would you be able to handle what you're dealing with and manipulate the camera I mean, like, you're saying that, like, I'm not blocking. No, 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 I'm you not. Know? But I'm saying, like, like, stuff grabs you, and 
my personal thing is if you did open up the right stick and like you made it the quote unquote perfect right stick, I still think that would be a lot for the player to manage. I think if when you say a lot, do you think that makes the game harder or like over? Like, what do you mean? I don't think because the game isn't would get that the point? If I had more control, yeah. that's fine though. I, I like if I, the, I don't want to fight my enemies and the camera. And I feel like you are saying that I would continue to fight the camera. And I don't necessarily know if that's true. And, like, I think that there are more instances where I died because the camera wasn't where I wanted it to be than I would have liked. I'm not saying, like, I'm, a lot of a lot of the times that I died were me just messing up in combat. But there are a couple times where I died or I took damage that I don't feel like I should have taken because of That's the fair. camera. And um, especially when we're talking about some of the platforming sections. Not that necessarily rotating the camera would have helped in those situations. But there are, like, those are prime examples of adjusting the camera or, you know, using the, the tools that they provide you isn't enough. You know? Now that I think about it, yeah, now that I think yeah, about it, to add on to what. Uh, Dante said about maybe the you know being able to freely control the camera angle wasn't the right solution because with some of the moves that Ryu uses it actually puts you in a different position like even with the like the flying swallow like when you use that attack if you were to have control of the camera um, with the right stick you would be facing the opposite direction of the enemy and so with stuff like that, I guess I can see how it's more beneficial to still have the camera angle so that you can see that where the enemy is. But in other situations when you're more defensive, you might be you might be wanting to stray for or move while looking in a different direction. And and that's just not possible with the right trigger. Yeah, I'm definitely not trying to say that I mean, I guess... more options isn't better. I'm just questioning if it would be the benefit or you would reap the benefits the happy medium the happy medium would be when they do the remaster make it so you can switch the camera speed and then throw a photo mode in too so like at the very least if you can change the camera mode or camera angle and you you know kind of disorient yourself uh the, the camera when you're doing an attack at least make it so you can take cool pictures cut us the check that? team ninja <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, Masakado, did, did you have any issues with this uh, boss? Um, this was probably one of the most frustrating parts of the game. It was this one and another point in the game that was that were frustrating. And for me, it was mostly just because of the teleporting ninjas, like while they're shooting at you. Yeah, because mages, I was mostly yeah. focusing yeah. on the the boss on the horse, and. Which I will say, I, I like the character design for him, um, and it got me really enthusiastic about the rest of this game after seeing him. But, um, but yeah, it was just the the mages that bothered me. And one quick thing before we go into chapter three, I thought it was really interesting hearing you guys talk about this boss, hearing the people like respond to Marcus's Facebook post about the boss, and how I handled the boss. So, you ended up using Lunar for the boss, right, Marcus? 
Yeah, so my I was trying my hardest to just focus on the boss, and I, that proved to be uh, like a fruitless endeavor. So what I ended up doing on my successful uh, run was focus on the mages and just kill all the mages. And I don't know how many there were because they just kept respawning, but after a while I killed them all, and then I could just focus solely on the Masakado, and then that made it a lot easier. And when I played this game originally, I remembered having a significant amount of difficulty with this boss, but going in with the knowledge that I have now of like just playing the game and how strong ultimate techniques were, I pretty much killed two of the mages at a time, maybe even only one, because if you get a blue essence, you go straight to your level two. So I'd kill one, charge it up, and wait for the boss to head towards me. And if you hit him with an ultimate technique, that takes about a third of his life away. So over the course of 15 years, the way I've played this game has continued to change. That's cool. Um, we're going to go into chapter three? Let's do it. Cool. All right. So chapter three, the... the what happens at the end of chapter two? Tell me. And not just in the game over since. I'm still confused. Can I be honest with you? Okay. Yeah, I... <laughs> the only part of the story I know is you got a sword and there's a good sword and a bad sword. That's all so I know. Pretty much summarize the end of chapter two. Your, um... I don't want to say love interest, but like one of your childhood friends, Kureha, she gets killed by Lord Doku, who has stolen the Dark Dragon Blade. You go to confront him, he pretty much slices you in two, and you're just kind of left there dying, or seemingly dead. Oh, that's the samurai dude with the fire as the head, right? Yeah. So he pretty much kills you. You see a um, falcon come, and he's just kind of like lingering over your body. And then I think it fast-forged, and you see Ryu okay, and he's just kind of got this new outfit, setting himself up for um, a battle that's about to come. And he hops on a blimp to get into the Vigorian Empire. Yeah, and so this is where Chapter 3 takes place. And this is when I realized, oh, like, you're going to just be all over in this game and, like, this is where, like, the first two chapters seem like the, you know, the traditional, like, Jap- like what, feudal Japanese aesthetic with the, the way that the enemies and the, um, just the, the, the environment. And, uh, but this chapter, you're fighting on, like, an airship, and then they have, like, you're fighting sh- soldiers and dudes with riot shields and guns, and I'm like, oh, like, this is not what I expected at all. And, like, I... Um, appreciate the variety slash diversity of the uh, environments and the enemies. And it's, it's good and bad. Um, like I said, the good part is it's like it always keeps you on your toes and you get to fight a whole gang, a, a horde of enemies. But then the bad thing is, is that you're if you're having issues with combat like I was having um, like it's just you never get comfortable more and more huh? yeah you never quite get comfortable that's a good way of putting it 
it's more and more puzzles that they're throwing at you that you have to solve in order to progress. Hang on, puzzles? And, um, especially if I... Yes, puzzles. Did these, did these characters not stop and make you think, Trevor? Come on, <laughs> man. Smashing as hard as possible. <laughs> yeah, so like, it, it's just like, that. that's how I see it. All these encounters are like, when you fight a new enemy type for the first time, like in most games, it's just kind of like, well, F it, I'm just going to go in and do my thing. Like, these guys aren't that tough. But this game, it actually puts you on the defensive all the time. And so, like, I'm, like, trying to feel my way out in this fight and kind of see what this enemy can and can't, you know, what they do, what, how they react to certain things, if they block, um, if they're aggressive. Like, there, there are so many more things to take into consideration in this game. So, like, I, I do think that that is a testament to like the, the the way they designed the combat in this game. But like I said, like the, the, the flip side of that is you never quite get too comfortable because like like I said, any encounter you have could be your last. And it's especially frustrating to like progress through like two or three different types of enemies for the first time to not to then die and have to do it over again. Where like I don't necessarily like it's not fun. That that part isn't fun for me. And, like, it should be easier the second, the third, the fourth time. But, like, depending on how much and how far I got and just, like, how my time playing this game has gone, has gone I'm, levels. like, could potentially be on tilt. Yeah, I could potentially be on tilt by the time I have to fight these basic, fought, you know, these fodder enemies at this point for the 15th time. Because that definitely happened uh, in, in an upcoming chapter. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, fighting on this airship, uh, well, do you, do you have anything you need to say about any of that, Trevor, Dante, Greg? Because I, I don't want to, it's not just about me. No, not really. What do you think about <laughs> the, up before the boss part of the airship, is there anything interesting that, aside from there is one cheap death in there, where you have to go out on this, like, tightrope. Oh, and, like, yeah. Right as you jump, yeah, you yeah. by that. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, got, he got me off guard that one time. Wait, which tightrope? So, like, there, there's a, um, you're, you're supposed to, I think, power down the airship, the or the I don't remember, room. something, so you have, have to get on this, this tightrope that you, like, what do you, you, you hold on shimmy to, across. and you kind of, uh, shift across, Oh, across. I remember that. And, those those enemies come from the other side where you're at, and they shoot at you with guns. If they hit you, you drop and automatically fall to your death. Yeah, this is this is part two of the um, the terrible bow chronicles. <laughs> Come on, man that that little passageway they were in is only like one person wide. It was nah. Like every time I tried to aim, they would shoot at me, and I would go back out to third person. Okay, that part is annoying. Getting shot out of um, first-person mode. Oh yeah, yeah, that does happen saw, a lot. Yep. You know, I, I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't remember that happening to me. I know I, there was times where I was taking damage um, while I was in first-person mode, and it didn't actually like take me out of it. But now that you mention it, I think it has to do with the amount of damage you take. Okay. Because during the tank fight, that definitely happens. Spoiler alert: um, There's a tanky fight. But I didn't get knocked oh, out of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but here I definitely got knocked out of it. Um, yeah. And then, uh, so this this boss, 
How'd you guys feel about General Dynamo? Sundowner's brother? <laughs> Trevor. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> like, this dude has a big, like, laser cannon. He kind of, like, you're fighting him on top of the airship, and he kind of just stands in the center. And I think, like, uh, he just has a big gun. Uh, he, he does a grip of damage if you get shot by it. Uh, he has a command grab. He can throw up a shield. So, like, he's kind of a tricky opponent. Um, it took me quite a few attempts in order to beat him, but I, I think you, you were struggling with him, Trevor, weren't you? Not really struggling. So you weren't playing this game on Chapter 3 for th- two days? Man. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how long it took me to finish any of these because I was, I was pausing and it's all a blur. changing diapers and coming back and, and having to start from the beginning. Dang, man, you had to wear a diaper to play this game? The level lower than Ninja Dog is Ninja Baby. I think the the only thing I didn't like about this, and it, it pretty much just took trial and error to kind of figure out his moves. I think this is, yeah, I think his this patterns. enemy has the easiest patterns to figure out out of all the the bosses um but he has a very long reach and dante didn't tell me this Mm -hmm. until after i gotten past him when i was trying to fight another enemy that the best way to dodge is to roll jump and i was just rolling and i could never figure out how he was still hitting me even after rolling how did you dodge those lasers because you don't have any momentum if, if you just like regular roll and don't roll jump. I haven't. So yeah, I was just running. You could just run. Like, I didn't have to. I, have, oh, I didn't I have to roll in those layers. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I I didn't know about roll jump till chapter eight. I was like pretty much how we yeah. just, you know just roll jump. I, the only reason is because it's not like you can roll into another roll immediately, right? Yeah. Okay. No, I but I didn't know that you could roll jump till chapter eight. So. Yeah, this game is, and I guess that was just ingrained in on a kunai. Huh? Do you think that should have been? Say on that a again. <laughs> um, you know what? Probably to spite you. Nah, like I, I, I don't. I, I don't know. Like I'm. I'm not serious. Yeah. I know. I know. But like I. I don't. I honestly don't think Maybe that I just play around with the controls it really mattered. Yeah, but it, I don't think it really mattered. Like, as far as I know, like, the parts where I died, I died because no. I suck. And not because I didn't have roll the jump, jump is you know? pretty pivotal for dodging a lot of stuff. Yeah. So, like... I just assume I sucked, so... A lot of times, those command grabs you guys said you were getting caught by, and, like, you'd block something and then roll, and then you'd still get grabbed. I'm like, why aren't they roll jumping away from those? I th- yeah, I don't know. You can I do think the uh, so. only reason I even still do it is I think it was just ingrained in my muscle memory from playing the game before. I don't even remember why I did it when you know when uh, when I first played the game. Um, but yeah, it was. I guess it's just kind of as soon as I started playing it again, it was just you know muscle memory. Like yeah, like I I I honestly I never I never jumped in this game, even like. Until, like, I, you guys told me how important the Flying Swallow was. Unless it was, like, wall running or, like, specifically having to jump for a puzzle. I just never jumped in the game. I just I just stayed grounded and rolled or blocked. <laughs> we just yeah, play games different, I mean, man. It works, and 
I think that's a testament to the amount of play styles this game offers. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I just wasn't trying to get Anna aired, man. You know, so you just want those uh, command grabs. Chapter, f- yeah, I, I, I've, I've probably seen every single command There's grab in the game at this point, or thus far. Yeah, there. Yeah, every other enemy has a command grab. Like, a trust me, I, I've seen how many moves all of the enemies have. Because I'm still. Oh yeah, I mean, like, I think every every. I think every enemy has like, like the, the 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 normal enemies. I think they have like three to seven moves. I guess it just depends on the enemies you see, and um, the bosses. I think it, it's maybe a little bit the same, three to seven, or maybe maybe I should say it's three to five for the regular enemies, and probably three to seven for the the bosses or in the sub bosses, but. I mean, it, it's it's cool. It's it's a little frustrating though because like I have been hit with some like I you know you fight this enemy two or three times and you don't necessarily see whatever move they're doing until like the third or fourth time and like that that was always very frustrating when it was like I didn't even know they had that. <laughs> it's like they've been sitting on it, especially with the bosses too. Yeah, especially with the bosses too, where you know you're you're having issues dealing with you know this attack and this attack, and then you 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 finally figure those out. Then they, you get hit with this third thing, and it's like, holy crap, man! How many moves do you got? Um, chapter four, Imperial City Infiltration. I think this one. Uh, I don't even remember what's the reason he goes to the Imperial because City. That's where. Oh, go ahead. Or to. I, I just was saying to to, to Tyron. So Tyron to get into Vigor, if I recall, and that's where Doku is. So he's just kind of trying to like meander his way to Doku. And I think he's in this trying to level, find more information, which Ayane says he can find at Hans Bar. Yeah. So like this level is you're dropped into, and this is more like the feudal Japan style city. Um, this is like an open world. This is like the hub hub world. Um, for the game, and uh, this is good and bad because I found or people have said that it is very easy to get lost in this part of the game, um, and enemies respawn like they all respawn, so you never clear out like like the previous chapters. You can keep visiting an area backtracking and not having to fight enemies but in this uh open world they do respond which is good and bad uh it's good if you need to quickly build essence or you know build your life back but it's also bad if um you're you know you're just quickly trying to get to the other side of the city for this thing uh you keep getting stopped or slowed down by enemies and it's bad if you suck at combat yes Spider ninjas, and this is where we fight the infamous spider ninjas, which are the worst characters in this game. Trevor, dishonorable. Have you ever had an enemy make you more salty, just like a regular common, commoner enemy? Like in this game? No, in any game. Um, not that I can think of, because I would at least be able to look up a guide and and see. But I guess one. Um, and I guess is you know to their benefit, the developer of this game, 
they made the enemy so that you know you can't just memorize like their attacks and everything they're kind of random or they respond to the character but you know each time you fight them the fight is different and yeah it, they switch it up they're very fast and this kind of um this was the enemy when i read that original quote about how he wanted to make it a game that dealt with reflexes and reacting rather than memorization and um can't remember what the other word he said but these are like the epitome of i just need to react to what they're doing and i need to do it fast yeah in multiple instances they basically just surrounded me and and stomp me they they jumped me that's what they did and the crazy thing about them is like yeah I don't think they have more HP than, like, any other ninja type. And they only come in, like, clicks of three, from what I can tell, for the most No, yeah, I've seen a couple clicks. of fours. Okay. So, but they come in relatively small clicks, but they will mess you up so fast. They're so just, like, fast. super active. Mm-hmm. The frustrating part, so this chapter, um, it's not that bad, actually, in the grand scheme of things. It's a pretty short chapter. Um, you fight your way to the shop and, uh, into Han's bar and it's, it's pretty straightforward. There's not even a boss on this level, right? It's the next level that these spider ninjas start to be annoying. And like, I kind of want to say, I don't even think that they had their explosive, their incendiary. Oh, they did. did. I watched Trevor get destroyed. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. In chapter yeah. four, you go up that clock tower. And and okay. also to add on to chapter four, okay. there are a few areas that you can go into that aren't even necessary. And I didn't realize that until looking up like a, a walkthrough to see exactly which way I was supposed to go. And the person basically just skipped over all the parts where I kept dying. Isn't that like the the good slash bad yeah. part of the open world, right? Where they them not blocking stuff off is good because it does feel like it's an open world. But then the bad part is, is you could run into spots where you shouldn't be sidetracking you, basically. Especially, like, I'm assuming me and you were, like, the least combat adept <laughs> of the batch of us. And any additional encounters that we didn't have to fight meant we were just going to be... Yeah, because there were certain instances <laughs> where I was getting, like, combat fatigue. So all I wanted to do was just go to the next part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess one yep, thing I failed to mention. Um, um, so ahead. I've been going through this game on hard, and all of the encounters, literally every single encounter, is different than it was on normal. So, going way, way back to chapter one, that room with the little like trick floor or whatever, where you fight the white ninjas for the first time, along with the like regular ninjas. The regular ninjas are now white ninjas, and the white ninjas are now spider ninjas. So they get introduced way back in chapter one. And then in this chapter, they introduce this um, ca- like half cat, half Anubis enemy that's pretty much designed to counter any aerial game that you have. So they're one of the main things like to counter the flying swallow. And I've always had a big like issue dealing with them. So... The second I ran into him, I was like, man, I'm starting to get goosebumps. 
This is what Marcus and Trevor yeah, were feeling. Bit. There are certain enemies in this game that just bring up very, very bad feelings. Yeah, yeah. Well, you definitely fight more spider ninjas in Chapter 5. City of Fiends, you're still in the um, the city of, of Tyro. And um, I think this is the chapter that introduced Rachel, right? Yeah, right at the end of Chapter 4. And she's like, what is she to, to you, so- to Ryu? She's a general fiend hunter. That's the first time they've encountered one another, from what I can tell. The reason you even run into her, like, right when you open Han's bar up, you see her fighting this dinosaur creature, which you'll eventually fight in the next chapter. But she she pretty much one-shots it, and they go into a conversation, and they're like, yeah, the fiends have kind of been on the loose, and they've been more rampant recently. And then she sees something up, like, off in the distance and grapple hooks away to fight it. And can you quickly say what Fiends a fiend is? are pretty much the demonic enemies that you run into in the game. And from what I remember, they are modified humans or, like, hum- corrupted humans, something like that. I think I did read that part where it says something like they're formerly human or yeah, something like that. Yeah, and then there's three greater fiends... And those are the humans that were able to, like, retain their mind even after they've become a fiend. And Rachel claims that her sister is one of them. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, this is... Wait, what? What was that? I didn't say anything. Okay. So, um, this chapter five, you're still in Tyron and, uh, Tehran, and, um, you're just basically trying to get to this monastery um, and um, to, to get access to Doku. And um, this is the first chapter that I I thought this was going to be the end for me. Because this is a pretty lengthy chapter. There are a gang of spider ninjas. And so I just could not, for the life of me, figure out how to deal with them. And I think this was the chapter where I was, I learned how to flying swallow. And I learned the importance of like swapping weapons out and things like that. So I learned then the Azuna drop as well. So, um, I think there's a save point and you end up fighting like one, two, four groups of, um, no, three groups of spider ninjas, a group of SWAT guys, and a group of, like, regular soldiers. And then you fight the fiends, which are the three dinosaur-like creatures that, uh, uh, Rachel was fighting. And I remember the first time I fought them, I was like, oh, I'm fighting three of them. That makes sense there's no life bar or whatever. And I ended up dying to them. And then when I realized how much of the game I had to go back, I think you end up, like, like I said, you, you go back like five encounters back to your save point. And it was so frustrating. And I think that put me so hard, so much on tilt. And like, I just, I think this, this chapter ended up taking me like this particular section maybe took me two hours to do. And it was so frustrating. I remember, like, posting, like, I played this game for an hour and made zero progress. 
and it got to the point where you didn't even want to take advice from people. You're like, nah. <laughs> yeah, like it was so fr- like, oh my god, like it. And the most messed up part was this is the first chapter you've played where there wasn't a save a save uh, point before the boss. So they purposely wanted you to have to fight these five groups of enemies. And it was so frustrating because I was like, why would they do that? Like they've shown, like they, they've shown that they are, you know, at least nice enough or, you know, to allow you to save before the boss. Why on this chapter, can you not do it? And like, it really gave me like a love hate relationship with how they place the save points in this game. And this is maybe the first point where it stands out for me. Um, but it was just so frustrating. And then, of course, you kill the di- I finally kill the dinosaurs after two hours of playing. And then you have to fight uh, the, the Hydrocubus, Hydracubus. And it's this tentacle monster. And, like, ultimately, I learned this after another hour and a half of playing that it is probably the easiest boss in this game. However, the lead up to it was so frustrating. And like when I died on him, I realized I had to go all the way back and fight the dinosaurs again and like all those ninjas and ev- and I was so Isn't it sad. Just like I was like the nerve of them. The nerve of them to do this. Exactly. like I yeah. Trevor, back me up, man. Like how <laughs> I was stuck on this level for like four or five real life yeah. hours. I uh, I got stuck here too. I don't think I was stuck there that long, and that's mostly because um, um, I think it was the earlier chapter um, where you're trying to get to Hans Bar. Uh, Dante was watching me stream, and he kind of gave me some tips that helped me out, like throughout Tyron. And and then the biggest thing was after I died to those those dinosaur creatures, um, the fiends multiple times. I figured out you could just skip all those enemy encounters that lead up to the boss. Yep. The other thing that... I don't know if they don't tell you this, or I don't know how they tell you this. Every single encounter will eventually despawn if you kill them enough. So, the soldiers, they go away really quickly. The spider ninjas, I think you'd have to fight them like maybe two, three times. But you can get all those people to despawn. I feel like even just running past some of those uh, encounters is fairly easy. Like, especially if you know it's not, um, like, a necessary encounter. You just kind of run past it. Especially with a roll jump. Yeah. I get, well, yeah, I guess they weren't doing that, I guess, so then they kind of... Yep. What's not doing I, it? I'm, so, I I'm also curious, as, as far as, like, healing items, were you guys running at, like, a surplus at all, or were you pretty much, like always just barely getting by or just not having enough. I was on my last dollar with, with healing supplies. Man, like, I feel like on normal, the game just throws them at you. Like, you just you always have them. Nods, man. I maxed out on chapter three. <laughs> I was yeah, there was a end... point where I had too many. I was just like, and I had to use them. Like, I was like, oh, okay. I was trying to make ends meet. I can't imagine playing this game yeah. without having to heal. <laughs> Like, I was always, like, I, I I tried to make sure that I had one or two healing items for the boss, but best believe that those healing items would probably 
they would be used during the boss, and that means I'm going into the boss with like 25% life. So like one command grab or two hits would kill me every time. And um, I actually was playing with Dante, or not? He, he, we were on Discord when I was playing, and I got so desperate and like for life, I goofed and I went to the store and bought the one that heals mm-hmm. you all the way. And I used my last 5,000 essence to do that instead of upgrading my items yeah, and all that stuff. Yeah, it's always more efficient to use and that the kind of bit me in the possible. Yeah. Yeah, because it it, at that point, I think it maybe took me two of the lesser ones, which are 500 each. So like, I basically, like, two of those would have put me at 90, at least 90% life. So 1,000 essence versus spending five my last 5,000. And I, it just was like, that's how starved I was for life that it made me, I wasn't even thinking clearly. Like, I also want to just quickly say, I think I taught some, something to Marcus that might have saved him for the rest of the game, where if you hit start, select in the triggers or whatever, it does a quick reset. And I told him like, hey, if you get through an encounter and you feel like you've wasted more than you actually wanted to, reset that encounter. That helped out when, like, I was, like, super, like, enraged. And I could just, like, quickly, like, I don't have to see myself die and all this stuff. So it was very useful for Chapter 5. Just because it was like, I don't want to see you kill me. Let me just restart. It made me feel like I was, like, I was getting, I was, you know, protecting a little bit of my... I feel like even the way that they, uh the death animation and just the way that they do it is just purposely like there to just annoy you. Like it's just the, the sound he makes when he dies, the, you know, the, the slow motion. Yeah. The, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Very disrespectful. Those ninjas have no honor. Also, I think this was a point where I taught Trevor about the ultimate techniques. Yeah. I think that whole chapter was Jesus. basically where I got a crash course on all the stuff that's useful in this game. That's wild. Isn't it? From the game, right? Hey, man, the techniques <laughs> menu says hold down Y. <laughs> it even says essence max. Yeah, did you guys even go and look at the uh, like the the move list for the weapons once you got them? And... Move list? R- uh, really? I don't know if he's... Are you being serious? I'm dead serious. Wow. <laughs> Like, I saw the techniques and combos. I didn't see any move lists. Well, I guess that, that's basically what it is. Right? It, it shows you the how to do all the all the combos and stuff. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I didn't until people said, "Man, you just got a Izum to drop and flying flying swallow," and I couldn't figure out how to do either of them. But then. Um, I at least checked to see how to do it, and it wasn't until Dante explained to me. I think I was actually in one of his streams, and those speedrunners, and I was like, how do you flying swallow? And one of the guys responded and said, this is how you do it. And I was like, all right, cool. And then I was like, I'm about to hop on in 20 minutes. I'm out, Dante. And I was able to do it for the first time, like, on purpose. And I was like, oh, that's so, cool. So, Greg, uh-huh. this has been something that's bothering me about, like, not how... Marcus plays, but like he's been having an issue doing something that I don't know why he'd have an issue. It's the counter. 
Really? Yeah, I don't know how to counter. I know, I know what you're supposed to do, but I can't figure out how to do it. Like, when you block and then you you yeah. hit X or Y in order to do the counterattack, and I, I can't I You're can't not do letting it. go of block, are you? I tried. Because, like, you hold L, you, you keep yeah. holding L, and then you just hit X and Y. That's the yeah. same thing I was doing. No, oh, you just hit whatever both at the same time? Do. I hit both just because, I don't know. So you're, so no, you're you supposed to let go of block? You have to hold. Oh, so, I think oh, so you were trying to let go of block at the at the time and then press whatever button you needed. I guess. I mean, like whatever you could do to not do it. That's <laughs> and what, that's I, was what I was doing. Dante had to tell me, like while I was, you know, getting that crash course, that you don't have to let go of it. You can just hit it as soon as they they hit you. That should make things a lot. Can you do it with any weapon? Okay, because I also thought maybe it's because I'm using a lunar. That's why I can't do it. All right. Well, maybe I'll maybe I'll be able to do it. Probably not. Practice but against maybe. the imps. That's the easiest one to practice against. All right. Speaking of imps, um, the monastery, monastery, monastery. Why am I saying that? Monastery. Um, uh, basically, Ryu gets into the monastery. Uh, and he's looking for Doku, and he's in search of the hidden passage to the Emperor's Palace. And this is where you fight those imps that Dante was alluding to, and they're they're kind of like um like Sandshrew, <laughs> like that's how what I call them is uh they have these these brown characters with these long claws, and they can dig on the ground, and they pop up, and they just try to slash at you. There's also um, scythe monks. Um, there's uh, Ghouls that uh, these are these uh, long, not long, these large, slow plotting, uh, like zombie like characters, and they have like slow startup. They have heavier, like two handed weapons. They have like big axes and big mace, and then plus they have archer types as well. And then uh, the wasp, and I think this might be the longest level in the game. I think so. Um. It's a, uh, well, that we played, I don't know, in the game. Uh, it, it, this level, like, I actually, this is the, when I finally felt comfortable with combat. Like, it took me six chapters. I don't know, what is that, like 12 hours? Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was at least, I was in the double digits in hours at this point by the time I got comfortable with combat. And, um, uh, it's, um... I think mostly this is because I learned how to flying flying swallow. Like if I'm being real, like the brown imps are probably the e- like to me the easiest enemy to fight, and the ghouls are like low risk um, enemies to fight as well. So there was like simpler enemies in this game and this excuse me simpler enemies in this chapter. So like I felt like I finally had time to like bring up my combat a little bit and learn the, some of the in- intricacies of combat. And, um, uh, this is a very lengthy, like I said, a very lengthy level. You start off in the monastery and, uh, you are, um, fighting a lot of these enemies and you end up getting into a, uh, a tunnel or in like going underground and you're fighting a lot of like bats and those ghouls and all that. And uh, ultimately, it ends with you fighting this massive uh, bone dragon 
But even leading up to this, I think this is the first level that has, like... Is this the first level that has a lot of the uh, platforming? Or is it the next chapter? It's this chapter, leading up to the Bone Dragon. Yeah, there's a little bit, yeah. There's some here. Okay. So, this chapter is has some of that platforming we were alluding to. I know one area in particular, you get to the very bottom of this hole. That's when you awaken the spirits, I guess, of the ghouls. So, like, all the way back up to the, like, the center of the hole, you, you have to kind of go back, uh, retra- retra- uh, trace your steps a little bit, and you're fighting these ghouls that are popping out. And a lot of the uh, platforming along here um, is pretty whack. Um, Greg? No, just yeah, touching on the, the platform part that you're talking about. So just in that area alone, just trying to uh, start like heading through that, the underground area. So I died there at least three or four times just missing a jump. Uh, I was trying to, there's a little part that you, uh, I guess you have to swing on this. Uh, uh, After the boulder chases you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, I forgot about the boulder chase. So, so I died there at least like maybe three or four times just making a bad jump. Then, um, even after you fight the bone dragon, this is me being stupid, I guess. Um, I I think Dante already knows what I'm going to say. So I I, I fought the bone dragon and, you know, you beat him and then you look down it shows like, you know, his, the the remains of him down there. So I'm like, oh, I just got to jump down, right? And uh, you jump down and then you die. And it's like, oh, okay, well, this is the next chapter that I died in, but there's not a save point before you start chapter seven. If you did this, uh... <laughs> and uh, clearly it auto saves after you so, be a so boss, right? The bone dragon the game. Point within a minute. Yep. Above you and below you. Yep. But I'm just thinking, oh, you know, this is a video game. You know, I killed the boss. It shows it shows you're supposed to go down there. Auto save. I did the exact same thing. <laughs> See, one of the things I will say, this was something we argued about at the very onset of this game. Marcus is like, they need to have checkpoints after every fight. And I'm like, you really don't want that, bro. Like, if they had a checkpoint after every fight, you would screw yourself in some certain situations. With, um, I would say boss fights. Boss fights, that would be a little bit more reasonable. But there are definitely times where if they had... You used too yeah. many healing items or something. Yeah, I, I, in hindsight, I agree, but I think boss fights, like, that situation, I, I didn't die the way those, these two dum-dums did. I died that way, too. <laughs> oh, these three dum-dums, um, <laughs> but, um, I, uh, I, I actually, I, I want to go back a little bit, and let's talk about that boulder chase scene, when you first get into the tunnel. Uh, Trevor, how do you feel about that Man, boulder chase? Spin- been so long since I played Crash Bandicoot. Right? <laughs> so, like, you're basically, I mean, it is classic Crash where you are um, running towards the camera with the boulder behind you and you're basically reacting to the obstacles, whether it be fallen pillars or spikes in the ground or whatever. And I think I died two or two times at this point or did it just send you back Um, it sends you back you take a little bit of damage i I think and then it just sends you back yeah but it just sends you back back. which 
Um, I'm glad y'all brought that up because that was going to be one of my questions. How come they could not add that to other parts of the game, where it doesn't, where it doesn't send you message? Because at first I was thinking, oh, well maybe they, you know, it was just the limitations of the, the technology, and and they just send you back to your last save. But nope, they can actually create checkpoints. Well, I mean, what other platforming part has that happened? I guess. It, it doesn't exactly. have to be platforming if that's the case. It could be ball. It could be fights where like you could literally like all right, check this out. You died. Do you want to continue? Yes. Okay. Then you spawn with less life at that beginning of that encounter again. So you have to fight all the same. Like you have to refight all those enemies. Me. How come it didn't go during the platforming section? Did they recognize that it was stupid <laughs> and so. they shouldn't have put it in? I honestly think so. That part's not good. <laughs> I don't know, like, I, you're right, it would go against the the grain or, you know, the, the, the design decisions of the game, but it was just very frustrating that... You get, like, a restart on this platforming part, but none, nothing else. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so frustrating. How, how about the devil um, staircase? Go ahead. Where there's the three archers that you have to get past on your way back up. Because uh, I think this is one of the most infamous parts of the yeah, game. This, remember when I was telling you there were two parts of this game that frustrated me to no extent? This this was the other one. This was the big one. I almost quit this game because of this. Like, where you're trying to get back up the um, the winding path, back up to where you first um, dropped down. And you have to jump up onto each of the platforms, like stair stair steps. But now that you're coming back up and you've introduced the new enemy types, the y'all called them the ghouls, the skeleton guys. Yep. There are skeleton archers. Yeah. Set up on each one of each of those steps. There's three of them, and for some reason, when you're on level ground with them, they will miss you all day. Like they can't seem to aim straight. But now that you're jumping and trying to platform, they've just got like the best aim in the world. And they can hit you from a mile away while you're in the air. Exactly. And they knock you off. You can't even get close enough because I tried using the um, um, the Nimpo against them. And you still have to be close in order to use that. Nimpo has a specific range. And of course I wasn't trying to use the, the bow because I still didn't have a handle on it. And then I ended up using all my incendiary, um, or not incendiary, the explosive shurikens. It was just a bad day. The worst part, in my opinion, this is the first true middle finger Itagaki gave to everybody in the game. It it just seems like it's designed to troll people at this specific point. Because even if you get to, like, you could kill the first archer, and as soon as you kill the first archer... The second one might shoot you down. Those guys respawn. Exactly. So it's like, oh, yep. well, if I have to do this entire process again. So I ended up running past them overall. Yeah, that's what I ended up doing, too. I ended up, like, figuring out, oh, if you do your Ninpo, the fireball one, you can one-shot them. And I ended up, like, killing two, getting knocked down by the third one, Going back up, doing it all over again, you know, using my things to re- my elixirs to get back in the ninpo, and I that that happened three times, <laughs> where, um, 
I, I would use two and get to the third one and get knocked down. And so I ended up, like, wall running past them eventually. And, yeah, it's stupid. Stupid. I actually even, like, I did kill... One time I did kill all three, and I missed the jump because of the camera. And that was also very frustrating. Before we skip into the um, next chapter... Go ahead. There was a sub-boss that I had to fight. Um, so in Hard, they introduced an evil Ryu. And you fight him when you're in the archive. And pretty much, as the name suggests... Dude is just like an evil version of you who is, I almost want to call him Scrub Boat Ryu, because he's just like Flying Swallow. You mean Ken? Kind of Ken. Is it yeah. Ken? So he does a lot of Flying Swallows. He has a lot of really fast attacks. So it's just this really interesting thing where for the first time you're just fighting this dude with all of your arsenal and you're like, I'm kind of like overpowered when I think about it in this sense. And it's just this really intense fight where both of you are just going all out and, like, everything's going everywhere and it's just hard to keep track of. So that was a really interesting thing. Okay. Um, what about... So it, it, do we have to even talk about the, the... I guess we can talk about the boss real quick. We are running long, by the way. Um, the Bone Dragon, uh, once you get to the middle, back up to the... The, back up the winding path, you awaken this bone dragon that's been, I guess, deactivated. I don't even know. Um, and you end up fighting him. And I think he's a pretty simple boss. Uh, he lays down. He has the four limbs and a tail. He tries to swipe at you. Um, he tries to bite you. He tries to hit you with his tail. And it's really just attacking him dodging and jumping so uh there's not necessarily i think he maybe even more so um than the general dynamo i feel like his patterns were pretty simple to uh to recognize and avoid as well um did you guys anybody i mean i did die don't get me wrong i died a couple times but um did you guys have any issues with the bone dragon no not really the only issue i had was dying after killing him <laughs> Sounds yeah. like all you you guys did. Okay, well, um, going on in chapter seven, um, you basically you destroy the bone dragon and he crashes to the bottom of the um, <clears throat> the pit and it basically cracks open some uh, seal they have on it, so you're able to go further into the. Uh, further into the passage and you, you go through, you fight some, I don't even think you fight any new enemies. Um, you, uh, get some, I think more platforming sequences, which I would not have, I don't think I would have passed it if it wasn't for, uh, Dante. Like this is the, uh, one of the, um, very bow heavy sections of the game where you have to shoot like targets in order to, like, they have these two rooms, and you can go into them in either order you want to. And um, you basically have to create a bridge or cross a bridge that has obstacles, in addition to having three of these, the bow and arrow um, uh, zombie or ghouls uh, shooting at you while you're trying to go across these bridges. And um, 
I just had the hardest time for some reason. Like, it wasn't even, like, the fact that those guys were there because I was able to clear them out. But just going through the obstacle, they had, like, a spikes on along the bridge and, like, the, the swinging axe blades. And if you get hit by the axe blades, you get knocked off and have to start over. And I think I died just three times just off the obstacles alone. And um, I didn't realize that there are um, uh, those targets at the top of the, the ceiling that you could shoot at to slow down the obstacles. So it was literally, I, I feel like it's impossible. Oh, I didn't even know about that. Them. Yeah, I didn't but know about I it did... until this playthrough. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I was so like, I was like, I, I'm done. I don't know how I'm going to get past this part because I just could not do it. And once Dante told me, because you told me about the other room. I didn't know how to, you know, the one where you have to shoot the, right. the target that creates You're the bridge. Like, what do I have to do? <laughs> so you told me about it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I didn't see the target. So, like, I got in there and I'm like, I killed everybody in here. How do I get across? And I just didn't look up high enough to see the target. And in that room, I saw the other target. So then when I went into the other room, I just randomly looked up and I saw targets in there. And I was like, oh, okay. And, um, yeah. How, how do you guys feel about this section? Because, I mean, it's not, like, when I say the, 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 the aiming slash targeting with the, the bow, it's mostly just um, missing. Like, I, you know, you shoot at the target, and then I end up, like, that first one is like, oh, I just missed it. I'm just getting my calibrations right. And that's when I first started realizing, like, oh, this manual aim thing kind of sucks. And I know you had an issue, Trevor. Like, yeah, the, the I went aiming, through this so. section extremely slow. Like, um, yeah, I, I, like I know I didn't get any time <laughs> bonuses for this level. Um, I just, that was the only way I knew I was going to get through without making myself frustrated. Okay. And I'm guessing that was just me and you. Like, these two guys, they just blazed through it. You know, I used to have a lot more problems with the bow, from what I remember. But this playthrough, it hasn't been bad for me. I don't know what's changed over the years. Wow. How? <laughs> I feel like when you go into first person, if you just like draw a line from where the arrow's positioned to the center of your screen, you can find a kind of um, figure out its arc. So once I got that down, I really haven't been missing mm-hmm. any stuff. Okay. Um, but I could totally see how like that could be definitely. It was, it was very, very frustrating. Um, the <coughs> excuse me, the um, I think you end up like kind of retracking after that, and you end up making your way back to the monastery, and you end up uh, going back, and you get to the main entryway, and you end up fighting this this floating boss character named Alma and uh, two things one I had no idea who this character was Um, she looked kind of like um, she looked kind of like Rachel but I was like I just basically just because these these two girls were like just really these two really busty girls that was really it so I was like oh okay 
Um, I'm not really tracking the story that well, so I didn't realize that this is actually her sister. And then the other thing was, this, isn't this the character or the, the, like, everybody was telling me, like, wait till you get to Alma, wait till you get to Alma. And I was like, oh, this is, this is that fight. So can you give a little backstory about this care this fight, Dante? So you know how Greg said people quit the game on chapter one yeah. because of Mirai? This is the other place where a lot of people quit the game. Just, just she's like notoriously known as like the the stopping point for people, right? Yeah, she is the Ornstein and Smooth what? of Ninja Gaiden. That's a Dark Souls reference, but essentially that's like this giant bridge you're expected to get over about halfway through the game. And you either get over the bridge or you don't. Because, like, when I played it the first time, I remember being stuck on her for ever, pretty much. It was okay. at least a day or two. Did you have any issues, Greg? Or, like, what is your history with this character? Yeah. Oh, against Alma? Uh, so, I definitely died a couple times, uh when playing it this time i do remember having a lot of problems originally um i mean eventually i think i just kind of brute forced it um but this time like so i i don't know how you guys are we're getting through it this time but you know it seems like you just kind of wait her out until she kind of gets grounded then you use flying swallow and eventually that stops working um and then the next thing was you just kind of had to like keep waiting her out again and then instead of using Flying Swallow, um, you would do the run run dash attack with X. And then that worked. But I think before what I ended up doing was just using uh, the Nimpo when she did like kind of finally become a little stationary. Um, and that worked pretty well because that would knock her down and then you could get some more damage that way. But See, I, I just don't understand. Like I, I think I, I got lucky or something because it only took me like five or six tries to beat her. And it was mostly, like, once I figured out the Flying Swallow, I was like, I'm just doing this move. That's it. So, like, I didn't even wait to see what she did. I just immediately Flying Swallowed and just got in her ass. And <laughs> and um, the... Uh... The only thing about that is eventually... Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, so, like, at a certain point, she did. But at that point, it was just kind of like, oh, well, I just got to hit you, like, one or two more times, and then it's, it's a wrap. Um, I was getting bodied at first by her little laser command grab thing. Like the, I didn't really, like, I was like, how do I avoid this thing? But once I just started moving and like not being underneath her, like I realized, oh, if you're in this specific section, she will, it will trigger her to do that. So I just stayed in the range where I could trigger the things that I could more easily avoid, you know? You, uh... You still weren't using no. a roll jump at this point? God. What would you even do against those pillars? Because even with the roll jump, I'd I just ran in against those pillars she throws. <laughs> I just ran. What? Like, the one time I rolled and didn't like, jump, so I like, got hit by the second the, pillar. The first couple times I was rolling and I kept getting hit. So then, like, I I found out, like, oh, if I stay underneath her, she will do it. So um, don't – there was, like, a specific range or, like – radius around her where I figured out like, oh, she will do this move if I'm in this area. So I make sure that I'm not in that area. Um, and like the few times that she did do it, I was already, I was on the edge of that. So the laser started before it expanded and I was able to run out before it expanded to where it would have hit me. Basically, 
It's tight. Nimpo against her is also a really good way of um, dodging a lot of her command grabs. Speaking of which, I do want to get your take on the command grabs that happened in this fight. The one where she wraps her legs around your neck, it's pretty... Or at least her, her necks or her legs or her uh, tail is is pretty beastly. Obviously, the one, too, where um, uh, the laser one is pretty cool. Uh, but they did so much damage, like 80% of your life. Oh, it was... And then the dive kick one, too, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. She, um... She got some pretty good command grabs. I'm not gonna lie. Trevor, what about you? How'd you feel about this character? So Dante warned me that Flying Swallow was gonna be my friend on this boss. He warned you. (laughs) Well, he he gave me a hint, but it didn't work at all. Like I could not land a single Flying Swallow. Uh, The only way I was able to beat this boss was by um by using Nimpo and then basically, you know, after she falls getting my hits in. But this is where I actually mastered roll jumps and dodging. So basically this and is where you learn how to play the game. <laughs> yeah, th- that was my saving grace for this boss battle was just figuring out the timing and and roll jumping and then um I think after I ran out of uh like the double elixir and my Nempo, I ended up just using like the uppercut strike with the um, the dragon sword, and that was that was just how I had to beat her. There was just no other way around it because she wasn't she wasn't having any flying swallows. When he says uppercut, I think he means X. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Like to knock him into the air. Gotcha, gotcha. Um. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that... How, how many times did you say it took you, Trevor? Or did you say? Uh, maybe about okay, four. Okay, then I'm glad we were able to uh, not not be statistics. <laughs> no podcasters <laughs> left behind. Um, yeah, so uh, well, I guess uh, we'll, we'll... And then the messed up part, the most messed up part is the cutscene afterwards. Rachel has the ability or the she's tasked with, I don't know why, but she's tasked with chopping her sister's head off and she doesn't do it. Her sister just like looks her in the eye and then I guess at that moment she feels sorry for her and so she just lets her live and I already know it's just going to come back to bite you. I already know. Um, so we will be fighting this character again at some point. You know. Um... And, uh, so yeah, chapter 8, you're back in Tyron, the city, and this time there's a heavy military presence, so instead of fighting ninjas and everything, you're fighting the Vigorian infantry, and there's APC, or, you know, like, uh, what is it, APCs with turrets on them, and the dudes with, um, RPGs, and hey, you're just fighting a lot of soldiers at this point. And um, I think this is a pretty... I think this is a short level, right? I think it's pretty short. Very short. Um, and this one... Um, I think... Um, I think you get, like, an upgraded bow or something on, on this level. But there's really not much... Uh, there's not much new here. Because, like, you're in the old, old uh, open world area. 
that you're familiar with. It's just different enemies you fight. And then that le leads us to the, the final chapter we play, Chapter 9, the military supply base. And this is where you basically, Ryu decides to take the fight to the military. And so uh, you fight uh, some funky, funky, like you're fighting a lot of the infantry and, you know, turrets and all that. You fight some freaking drones, and that drone part was so frustrating. That's where I learned, oh, you need to roll jump. <laughs> That's what I learned, like, oh, this is important. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, those, those drones, they shoot these blue lasers, and you're basically in this big warehouse where they keep respawning, and there's, like, five that you have to fight at a time. And, um, they're, uh... The unfortunate part is there's also a weapon that Marcus missed called the... I ended up picking it up on my way back to the... Tehran, but I didn't use it against them because I didn't know. Okay. They're... So this is where I found out that bows are trash because I got the, the, the piercing arrows. I've heard that with the ASOC or whatever arrows. And mm -hmm. I would try to quick fire them at the drones, and every third one would hit. So it was very frustrating because it was like, like I'm not. There's five of these dudes. They're flying and moving. I'm not going to have enough time to be able to shoot one of them before taking damage with the manual. So let me just quick fire. And I was using so many arrows and not hitting them, and it was very frustrating. And, uh, but basically you have to, like, deal with these drones in this empty warehouse while you're trying to turn on the power and, like, kind of traversing this warehouse. Um, did, did you have any issues with this, Trevor? I'm assuming Greg and Dante didn't. Um, as yeah, far as the drones? dealing with them. Um, not necessarily. Um, I did have a problem with the, um, like, the quick fire. That wasn't working at all. But what I did was... Um, I like got into a corner where the drones like had very limited view and I waited till they got in, in range for me to shoot them down. So I kind of just so exploited it. Eh, like I said, quick fire wasn't working cause I, I, I did try that. I went through a whole uh, round of arrows trying to quick fire, but that just wasn't working. So I ran around the map till I could find a spot where they weren't terrorizing me. <laughs> gotcha. And then, after this, you fight the boss, or a series of bosses, and the military. The military. <laughs> and, Literally, you're a ninja tank on so, the military. Yeah, the, you fight a tank with a turret in it, and like a, a, a person, like I think there's like, yeah, a, a man turret. turret, and uh, the, the way the cutscene goes is you start, and like five dudes run to this prone or this this tank that's not functioning they hop in it then it starts moving around and one of the guys comes out to man the turret and then the fight is on and the tank does so much damage the tank like like trevor said earlier the tank tracks you just like those arrows did the the archers did where if you I, if i jumped i got hit. i it was like almost guaranteed i was gonna get hit you got a roll jump is that again yeah, well, hey, well, I, I was still new. I was still new to it. Because you, so, at least the strategy that I found, no matter what, it still has to turn its turn little, gun um, or cannon. Yeah, like primary gun or whatever. 
before it shoots. But, you know, it's still a lot to deal with because the main... It's still pegging you for damage. It's little, but it adds up so quickly. Yep. So what I ended up doing was, like, I think this is how you have to do it, but you have to manual aim. And so, like, I found out, oh, I should manual aim, take out the gunner guy so I'm not taking any more damage, try to shoot one or two quick fire shots into the tank, and then um, move. But it ends up, like... In theory, that's how it should have been, but it was way less graceful when I was doing it because, like, obviously, like, my first shot, I would miss when I'm manual aiming on the guy, so then I would try to correct, and half the time I'd overcorrect, and I'd shoot a second arrow that I would miss. Then at that point, then the tank is looking at me, so I have to rinse, repeat, like, reposition myself, rinse, repeat. And then the other times, like, sometimes I would shoot, like... And this is when this chapter in particular is when I found out that quick fire is trash. Like I, I, I felt it before, but it wasn't until this chapter that I realized it. Um, because there would be so many times where I would try to quick fire like two, uh, two arrows just to get some quick damage on the tank, and they would completely miss. And then I would die, and then start over. Same exact situation, same exact position, quick fire two, and they both hit. And, like, I couldn't consistently figure out, like, why does it hit sometimes and sometimes it doesn't? And it's, like, even worse on the next boss, but the tanks were very frustrating. It started making me, like, I, I hated having to manual aim. And these bosses, that was, like, it seemed like the only way you could reliably hit them. Did you have that? Any, did any of you guys have that issue or it's just me? It might just be you. I know, like, so my strategy with the tanks was just, I was only worried about the cannon fire because the gunshots, like, you know, the turret wasn't doing enough damage to even really, you know, be a big issue. So I would just dodge the the cannon and then just um, do the quick fire and then do as much damage as I could before the next cannon shot would come and then dodge that and just keep doing that. What about you, Trevor? Did you have any issues? I'm actually still stuck on this level right right now. Oh, okay, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, the last um, the last attempt I had, I used every elixir I had in my inventory, and then the second tank came out. How how defeated were you? How like heartbroken Man. were you? I was so like, mad. Like I I honestly thought that was going to be the final I did boss. Too. I did too. And then. They just drop another like, one, like Dante another was saying. One. Like Dante was saying with the um, those skeleton archers, like being a, a middle finger from the developer. That was another middle finger right there, throwing in that second mm-hmm. tank. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I still can't get the hang of quick fire. Like even on this level, it's just not even working, and something. Either Dante or Greg said earlier about using quick fire is um, you hit B while you're standing. Maybe I'm moving and trying to quick fire and not standing still. Maybe that's why Don't it's not working. Don't excuse it. That's the game's fault. It's not your fault. <laughs> <laughs> so so maybe I need to pay more attention to um, you know make sure I'm not holding down the um, the left stick and. Um, I don't know, give quick fire another try because having to aim is definitely not working on, on here because like like y'all said, they have that um 
that man turret at the top of the tank, and he's just going to take you out of first-person view every yeah. time. Yeah. yeah, so what I did against two tanks was pretty much like if there was a guy on top of the tank, I'd take him out first, and then I'd um, go for the body. And it still took me a couple more tries than I'd like to admit, but it got done. Yeah. So you you didn't get past the tank, Trevor? No, that's where okay. I stopped. Well, boy, do I have something to tell you. There's more. But wait, <laughs> there's more. So after you fight the two tanks, you go up a, a elevator, and then you get to fight a helicopter. But even before then, there's, like, you're on, like, this long landing, like, or, like, walkway, and there's two dudes with RPGs, and they're, like, fodder enemies. I literally stand, uh, stand it. I literally stood on the opposite side of the landing, and those dudes would, like, kind of, they would, they would shift, or strafe, I guess you could say, back and forth, and then when they would ready their fire, they would stop and shoot their RPG, and I literally, I quick fired 10 arrows, and I didn't hit a single one. I didn't hit them at all. And that's when I realized, like, oh, quick fire is trash. And then, of course, I I fought the plane, um, or the, the helicopter, and the helicopter starts on one side of the um, uh, walkway and kind of flies over you, shooting, uh, shooting at you and stuff. And you can shoot, like, three or four quickfire arrows. And, like, I couldn't consistently hit them. Like, sometimes it would hit them four times. Sometimes it wouldn't hit them at all. Like, I couldn't figure out why. So then Dante, he he very strongly urged that I just <laughs> manual aim. And I started manual aiming, and I still had the issue where um, I would miss, like, my first one or two shots before I'd put some damage on them, but thankfully they had, like, ammo crates, I guess you could say, um, on either side of the walkway. You just had to run to it. But then I ran into the issue where so his his attack pattern was to, um, like, swoop at you and shoot, like, four missiles that you had to dodge. And, um, like, again, uh, when he was flying, like, horizontal to you, I guess, or not horizontal, uh, perpendicular to you, um, it was easier to dodge, but when he was flying directly at you, like parallel to you, like those were when I was like, the camera really, really frustrated me because, um, the camera prioritized the movement of the helicopter because it was in the air. So sometimes I would miss jump, I would misgauge the perspective and I would jump and jump too soon or too late into a missile you had the same issue where the missiles were way more godlike attracting you when you're in the air than when you're on the ground. And then there's also um, the enemy would uh, swoop at you again, parallel, like basically right over the, um, the walkway and drop bombs on the walkway you're on. And so the camera would uh, prioritize the, the helicopter. So when it swoops over you and past you, it flips the camera angle, so it's almost back to, like, you running at the camera again and um, at the last minute. And I, a couple times I jumped directly into the bombs it was dropping because the camera switched so quickly. And you pretty much, I think I lost, like, 80% of my life and like or died. And that was very, very frustrating. And so, like, that fight in particular, I had a... 
I had a time with the camera because that fight prioritizes the movement of the helicopter, which it probably should over your your uh, movement. So it was like the two things I was fighting against the two things that I liked the least in this game: the camera and then the shooting, the the, the manual shooting of the the bow and arrow. So you have that to look forward to. And uh, I'm guessing you two don't have issues with that that boss, like the same issues I had, Trevor and or Dante and Greg. No, I didn't really have any big issue there. Well, confirmed. I'm trash. We knew that though. Um, <laughs> and then like, re- oh, sorry. No, I Did didn't you hear me. It was like a minute and a half fight. <laughs> wow. That's almost as disrespectful as what this happened in this game. Um, the, uh, yeah, and after that fight, though, like, it's, it's, um, there's another section where you have to use your manual aim to aim at a couple of specific targets while getting shot at by RPG guys and some more drones. And it, it, it's not, the, after those, the, the boss fight, like, those are the highlights. The two, the two tanks and the helicopter, those are the highlights of the level. And everything else is pretty straightforward, but yeah. Uh, that, those the helicopter and tanks were pretty frustrating. You didn't have any trouble taking down that tower? Um, I died one time because I didn't know you were supposed to, I didn't know what you were supposed to do. So, I didn't know you were supposed to shoot at what you were supposed to shoot at. Um, and then I ended gotcha. up dying. And then when I was like, I shot all the enemies, I'm like, oh, they're like slowly coming back and not like a whole bunch of them. I kind of was like, maybe I should shoot these things in the meantime, just like practice aiming or whatever. And then I beat it. So I was like, okay, cool. So I did figure out a small strategy with the bow. If you roll and then go into um, first person aim or whatever, it seems to work what do they mean work or at least oh getting into it my issue is not getting into it it's it's the actual aiming like there's not a reticle or anything to let me know where i'm shooting and even when you go into first person mode or zoom in like you said that's like to me that's worse it just like magnifies what you're already looking at which is like i guess cool but it doesn't help me any to know where my shot's going to go i think once you get the strong bow, it, it's a little bit easier in that I don't think the shots drop off as far. Because one of the things with the bow is like there's a little bit of drop yeah, off from yeah. where you I aim did notice to... that between the two bows, but I'm I'm not even talking about that. Like not hitting my target is what I'm having an issue with. It's, it's just the the accuracy of the bow. Like I don't know where my shot is going. If that makes any sense. Oh, so you just kind of would rather have like a something to let me know to, like, to okay. where is where I'm aiming at. Because like like I literally every every time I shoot my bow, I'm having to shoot two shots because the first shot is not going to hit my intended target, and I have to like uh, recalibrate based off where I see the first shot goes. I got you. And I don't know if you knew you could zoom in. Because Dante told me that last night or two nights ago or whatever. Yeah. And like it literally, it like just magnifies what the issue is. So it's like you're looking at the same exact view. It's just closer up. And it's like, cool, but where am I shooting though? (laughs) You know? And maybe if I used it more, then I could like mentally like gauge like, okay, this is 
around where it should be and this is but like a lot of times when i'm needing to use the bow it's not necessarily about precision it's about hitting a target you know so it's not like i'm per like i'm aiming at a tank i'm aiming at a helicopter it doesn't matter where i hit it i just need to hit it yeah when i told you that i don't think i realized that i never used that myself <laughs> i just remember it was something i could do <laughs> Like, you could do this, but <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Yeah, like it, it was. It's beneficial, but I, like the issue I'm having is like not that I can't see what I'm shooting. It's like I don't know where I'm shooting. <laughs> and but uh, if that's, does it, you guys got anything you need to add for chapter nine? God, uh, to it. I guess we should add how it ends. Oh, up go ahead, man. Whatever. You got the story beats because I have no idea. So, pretty much Ryu takes down the whole military's, like, communication system, so they're in shambles. And at some point, he hops on a train and rides it into another train, and then there's a really oh, cool yeah. explosion that happens. <laughs> yeah. And the point where we leave off, I guess, is he's going into the sewers to find another secret entrance into the Vigorian Empire. Sorry, up until this point. Okay. I forgot one other thing. Like, so in between chapters three, or I'm sorry, eight and nine, like you end the chapter of eight, and then you go down a manhole and to, to begin chapter nine, and I realized I missed something at the top of uh, the street, so I went back, I climbed up the, immediately climbed back up out of the manhole, so I, I hit X to prompt the uh, animation, and you can't cancel the animation. But once you get into the sewer, there's like a gang of bats that start attacking you. And so I literally was climbing up, stuck in an animation, climbing up this ladder, and the bats just swarmed me and took off 75% of my life. <laughs> so like I went from being 100% life at the beginning of Chapter 9 to 25 in like 3 seconds. And it was so annoying. <laughs> and I was like, this game... Right here, only this game could do this. Like, I wouldn't have been mad. At, I, like, I, I actually probably would have been mad if I died. But at the very least, it wasn't like I was going back and having to fight a boss. But I, might, I probably would have rather died at the end, or died and had to play the end of chapter eight than to have lost thirty five percent of my life that way. Annoying. You did hit a save right. Before yeah, there right? was a save right before, but it was just very yeah. annoying so that that happens. Yeah. I Wait until you reach the yeah. fish. Okay, well... Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Yippee, I can't wait. <laughs> Do we have anything else that we need to talk about? I think uh, you guys had one thing you wanted to discuss. One more thing. Uh, were you talking about the yeah, kind of likes and yeah. dislikes up to this point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did kind of want to just get a feel for what everybody enjoyed and... and really didn't like okay well before. since it was your idea how about you start or do you want it for me and trevor um, you're, i don't know like no i can i can start that's fine um i mean this is probably like my favorite action game i think um preach you know like the, the big thing that that i like about it so much compared to like some of the other games it's not necessarily about uh like stringing together long combos it's kind of uh like basically moving around a lot, trying to like recognize patterns, thinking on your feet. So it's not much, it's not a lot of repetition to it, I guess. Right. Um, 
So that's kind of like one of my favorite things. And I feel like all the weapons generally feel different and they kind of can accomplish different things. Um, but that's probably the, the, the thing I like the most about the game. I feel like the, the movement and the combat kind of, uh, accentuate each other and one doesn't like overpower the other. Um, and I guess the only big gripes that I have about the game, and it's just probably cause it's just a product of its time. It's just kind of like the camera's not super great. Uh, you know, the platforming isn't great. There's a few scenarios where you end up with cheap deaths or like kind of hard to avoid deaths. Um, but for sure, it's probably like, you know, like easily one of the best action games ever. Okay. Okay. Trevor, what you got? Okay, so y'all heard most of my dislikes already. It's mostly the camera angle, um, the bow, spider ninjas. Um, but my likes, um, I do like that this game has a lot of enemy variety because we're only halfway through the game and I feel like, you know, we're just going to get more and more enemies throughout the next chapters. Um, And along with that, like, this game seems like it's gone through phases now. Like, you start in, like, a really feudal Japan-type theme and then it goes into a very um, fantasy-style theme. Like, I was telling Dante, like, I thought we were playing Final Fantasy once we got to the monastery and and all that. And um and now you're in like a very um like military um type with uh tanks and soldiers and and whatnot. And so it just it just has a lot going for it thematically. And the animation's pretty cool too. That's another thing I I liked. Has a cool animation but not the cool platforming, right? <laughs> well, animation as far as um attacks like your attacks and also the enemies yeah, yeah. Um, attacks. I just remember you said like this is the topic when we were talking about Enslave you said, "Oh, I'm just I just really like good animation and platforming." <laughs> it already yeah. checks all your boxes. That's what it was. <laughs> well, this this game has all the things I like in it. It just does some of them poorly. <laughs> okay. Uh what about you, Dante? So I'm kind of in the same boat as Greg where I I always go back and forth on this, whether it's my absolute favorite of all time, but this and Devil May Cry 3 constantly just teeter with one another as far as, like, what's my favorite action game. Can I day. ask you guys something? I don't mean to cut you off, but I, I have a, a burning question. So, like, the only one that I would throw up there that I've played is Bayonetta, and... From my understanding, Bayonetta was, like, considered, like, this is how you make this game. This is how you do it. Is it, like, too basic? Do you not have, like, the same uh, nostalgia for it? Or, like, why why do you put those two games, these two games above Bayonetta? Or, like, I don't know how you feel about Bayonetta in comparison. So, Bayonetta, I, I'm a pretty big fan of Bayonetta. Um... I guess as far as why I like these games more, Bayonetta is a lot closer to Devil May Cry 3. I think it's Mikami that does these games, right, Greg? Yeah. Yeah. So it's probably the closest spiritual successor to Devil May Cry 3. Focus more on style than difficulty, right? Yeah, like I like the aesthetics of Devil May Cry a little bit more Mm -hmm. than Bayonetta. And 
Also, Bayonetta has a ton of QTEs, which I think is the bane of gaming in a lot of regards, so I'm kind of disappointed every time I end up with a QTE in my game. Gotcha. I give that, a sl like Bayonetta, a slight knock for that. Ninja Gaiden is this perfect balance between Dark Souls and Devil May Cry. So, you have the moveset of a Devil May Cry game, but you also have the defensive aspect in, like, the learning of a Dark Souls game. So, every time I go into this game, I feel like I'm learning something new. And I think that's just a really cool thing. The movement is very fluid. And I know this is one of the things, like, I saw it in a post on your wall, and I think Trevor said at one point that they found it a little stiff. I think once you get a hold of your entire moveset, and also what kind of change into something else, a lot of that stiffness is gone. So, I don't know, like, every time I think about this game in my mind, it's just this giant epic battle, and I wish there was a photo mode like you alluded to mm -hmm. earlier, or some way to, like, record without having any of, like, the UI elements on screen, because I think that this game would look insane as far as, like, what's actually going on during a fight. So... Yeah, I, I absolutely love this game. I think some of the platforming is a little wonky. The camera isn't always the best. Um, but overall, I am very high on this game. Yeah, and uh, since I'm last, um, I mean, I will probably echo a lot of what has already been said. And it's funny because I actually had a list written down and I kind of touched on, I think, everything at this point. But basically my pros are... Um, the variety of enemies and the combat and the environments. Like I, I really enjoy that aspect of this game. Um, the, uh, I, I think the cutscenes and just like Trevor said, the animations, I think a lot of that stuff has aged really, really well. So it's a very striking game even now. Um, and I do think the enemy encounters, like I, I like in general, like the idea that like, the way combat is you're learning as you go and um so every enemy encounter could be your last i do like that aspect of the game it's a little frustrating at times but i do think that that is a cool aspect and that's something that i've i personally don't feel like i've ever experienced in a game before um then then like my my cons i guess you could say like, off the jump, like, the big ones are, like, the camera, which we've talked about a bunch, and just how it, I wish it could be tweaked a little bit, and with, in regards to the tracking, and just, like, some of the perspective stuff on platforming, um, another big one I said was just the, the shooting, the quick fire, specifically with the bow and arrow, and just, like, maybe making it a little bit more, like a reticle or something to let me know where I'm going to hit when I shoot if I'm manually aiming. That would make it easier for me. It's fine, I guess, you know, right now. Um, I'm just thankful that you don't have to upgrade your uh, ranged weapons like you do your main weapons. So, like, if I had to start off with five bows, uh, like five arrows, and then had to level up, that would be a lot more frustrating. Um, but since you start off with 15 from the jump, then it's a little bit more bearable when you do miss one or two shots. You still have a decent amount of ammo left. Um, I, uh, another thing I kind of said earlier is um, I kind of wish that you could quickly go 
between weapons um, and not having to go through the pause menu all the time or uh, the just the menus all the time in order to heal up or to switch weapons or anything like that. Um, and then uh, two other ones. I, I, I think I touched on one of the two of these. Uh, the save system, I think for the most part, is pretty fine. Um, I like there are two standout chapters for me where uh, if I hadn't, and this is kind of on me, but it's kind of also just speaks to the difficulty of the game. Um, the chapter five, like having to fight five batches of enemies before uh, between after the save point in order to get to the boss, and having to consistently do that in order to get there was very frustrating. Um, and like, I granted I could have skipped through them, but I needed to fight them in order to get my life back. So it was kind of like a damned if you do, damned if you don't um, situation. And then another chapter that I had an issue with was, um, uh, I think it was chapter eight. Yeah, so it was like you get to this big room, uh, big circular area with a train in the middle, and you have to fight a whole bunch of uh, infantrymen. And uh, I fought them all, you unlock the door, and I was like about to go through the door. Then I was like, let me check real quick. And there was a save spot. And it reminded me of a time when I was playing over discord with Dante. And, uh, there's a, there's a spot where you trigger a flood and, um, you're at the bottom of the, the, the tunnels and there's water. And if you swim underwater and go to this specific, this hole in this area, there's a save point there. And it's something that is completely skippable. Like, you can completely miss that on, like, not on purpose. And it, like, like, if you were to die, you would lose a decent amount of, I mean, five, ten minutes or whatever. That's including combat or 20 minutes including combat. That's not that big of a deal. But I kind of just, I don't like the concept of save points that you can miss. Like I'm, if if you're going to make your game as hard as it is, you should make them a. Li- in my opinion, they should be a little bit more like on the beaten path. Personally, it shouldn't be like a reward. Like, oh, you you explored. Here's a save point. It should be like I. I, I that was one thing I didn't really care for, and it, it's only happened a couple times, but it's not that big of a deal. But it kind of irked me when it did happen. And then just like my last thing, which is kind of like a weird complaint. But um, how the enemies spawn, um, sometimes I'll, like, get into an encounter, and, like, you can most, I think at most they have you fight three enemies. There's a select few types of uh, enemies in this game where you fight more than three, but I kind of, I kind of wish they just spawned all the enemies. It's a weird kind of gripe I have. Uh, do, do Do you know what I'm saying, Dante? Where, like, you'll kill somebody and then another enemy spawns. So, like, you never know how many enemies you have to fight. I kind of wish that, like, maybe they would... You would go into a room, nine enemies are there, only three are attacking you, and the other six are kind of on the outer edges of the fight. And you can attack them to keep your combo going or whatever. But, like, I kind of wish that's how the game was a little bit. You just knew how many enemies you had to fight when you walked into an area versus them constantly spawning. Yeah, I can definitely see, like, at least what it's you're saying. It's a weird complaint. I don't know. 
No, no, it, it's an understandable thing because they do spawn enemies throughout the fights. And Greg, do you remember any like the fiend challenges you have to do? Or I guess you don't have to do them, but they lead there, to rewards. There's one that I actually ran into um, in the monastery where if you the go, archive. huh? The yeah, when you go back into the archive, you end up fighting like I'm throwing out a number, but it seemed like thirty enemies, like the sixty. Yep. Yeah, and I and I got into there, and I was just like, Jesus, when will this end? Because like I and I I was like, I thought I was backtracking like where I was supposed to go, but I was wrong, mm-hmm. and I ended up getting stuck in this room and having to fight sixty enemies, <laughs> and it just seemed like they kept spawning. Or, or at the very least. Give me a counter in the top right-hand corner that says, like, X9, X8, X7, you know, as I'm killing people. Something to know, like, so I know how long this encounter will be. I think that would, like, because then I know how to, well, how frugal to be with my... That goes back to the left bumper thing that Greg was talking about. It tells you? Because it will tell you, like, the amount of kills you've got, your current Oh, I don't want to know what my combo is. I want to know how many enemies are left. So, like, if I walk... In, at least for the fiend challenges, it will tell you how many enemies you kill. Okay, because and since those are all like I didn't 60. see, I didn't know it was a fiend challenge. So like, I walked in there and I was just like, oh, I have to refight these enemies that I already fought. So then I killed like eight of them, and I was like, okay, the thing should be done. That's how many there were the first time. And then I killed like sixteen of them. I'm like, yo, I killed twice as many as my game glitched. Then I killed like thirty. And I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna ride this thing out and see how many, I, you know. But I didn't know how many I was fighting, and I didn't know I didn't know the concept of a fiend challenge, so it, it was weird. That's fair. Um, one other thing that I wanted to say about the game, I really appreciate the um, changes between difficulty modes. So the entire layout of every fight is different between normal and hard, hard and very hard, and very hard and master ninja, and also item placement and stuff like that. So it's almost like you're playing a new game, or at least a very good new game plus every time you jump between difficulties. I also have one more thing to add, too. Uh, like ultimately, I think this game is a perfect balance of Dark Souls and Devil May Cry, and I don't want anything to do with either of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. If you even knew how bad, like, I don't want to say how bad, but how much stricter the Dark Souls checkpointing is. I, like... That's a game where you play, like, 30 minutes. I told you, I told you before we started recording today, I was like, I had a passing interest in Dark Souls, and after playing this game, that, that desire has been extinguished. I never want to play a Dark Souls game. Any of them. I don't care, like, Bloodborne, slightly easier, or any game that's Dark Souls-like, I don't want to play it, because this game... (laughs) Fans, you, you've heard us talk, and if you want to submit <laughs> games for us to play, say in probably like three or four months, there will be a list. Yeah, man. Hashtag make it happen. <laughs> I have no desire. I mean, I will if we have to play it for the podcast, but I am not on my, like like I said, I downloaded uh, Dark Souls 2 with the Xbox 360 games with gold, and I think it might even be downloaded to my hard drive. I think the next time I turn on my 360, I'm going to delete it. Because I just don't need that space wasted. Throw the 360 I don't need window. that space wasted. I don't need that negativity in my life. <laughs> um, do we got? Do we have anything else? We've run. I think this is going to be like up there as one of our longest, maybe second or 
second longest episode, so let's cut it before we break it. We break the record. You guys got anything else? Any final closing thoughts? Testament to the quality of the game. That's that's a word for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, at the very least, it made for a very good conversation. It did. I, I actually enjoyed posting my frustrations about the game and having people, whether it be them laughing at me or them giving me advice or them like relating to what I'm going through, I did like the, the conversations that the game sparked. Um, and even when people were attacking you when you said the game is not that hard, I thought that was funny too. And I did not say that it was not that hard. I said it was manageable. Well, in comparison to, like, other, like, games of the series. Okay, that's That's fair. what I meant, I guess. That's fair. Um, yes. But I guess, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll, we'll wrap this up. Uh, Greg, we, we got any questions? Uh, no questions, but, you know, you guys know where to hit us up if you want to get, uh, you know, get involved with the show. You can hit us up at misscheckpoints at gmail.com. Or if you want to share any of your own anecdotes. Oh, yeah. Ninja Gaiden. Anything. And I think Dante will still be streaming, so you can definitely check him out at... Twitch.tv slash AwakenCloud. Awesome, awesome. Uh, As well as... Yeah, Trevor, you're you're streaming as well, aren't you? Yeah, you can catch me on... um... Catch him outside. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll either be on Mixer or Twitch. Um, I might... Um, go back to Twitch, but either one, um, Lyric Unsung. Okay, okay. Uh, what about you, Greg? Where can people reach you at? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Boombox Hero, on Facebook at facebook.com slash Boombox Hero, and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash xdrdmagnegro x. Cool, and you can catch me on facebook posting about this game um i will probably i've been trying to make sure that you know i do a update or like i post something i guess you could say uh um mysterious or whatever um about whatever chapter i'm on or complaining about whatever chapter or just generally talking about my disposition with this game or with the types of players that it's enjoy this game. It's pretty much like if Donald Trump had access to Ninja Gaiden. <laughs> hey, man. This game is for stupid kids. <laughs> this game is for people that only got one game for Christmas and one game for their birthday, and those are the only two games they got all year. I don't have time. I had options. <laughs> I didn't have time to master this ninja game. Ugh. Once you once you tackle this, you'll be able to play Devil May Cry three. No, thank you. Understand what Dante's no, about, thank you. and then you can. Have is he Dante basically just like a Ninja Marvel Turtle, team. right? He just like sees a pizza loving, wisecracking guy. I'm good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I would just watch Ninja Turtles. They're they're cooler. Um, yeah. So check me out facebook.com uh, slash potato salad. Uh, P zero T A T zero five A L A D, or just search me, Marcus Dawson. Um, yeah, nothing else, right? We don't have anything else to talk about for this game for now. Going once, I guess we're playing through the rest of the yeah, game. Yeah, we're gonna finish yeah. the rest Something of the game. Doing. Dante's gonna finish it a second time. Nerd. Yep. <laughs>
Um, Alright, well, with that, we are Miss Checkpoints, and we're out. Peace.